It's 24 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg says he'd be happy to testify on Capitol Hill about the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Zuckerberg told CNN he's really sorry that the political data firm improperly got access to data from over 50 million Facebook users without their knowledge. Cambridge Analytica was behind President Trump's 2016 election campaign and used the information to target users during the election. Zuckerberg called it a major breach of trust in a Post on Facebook, he said the social network will now audit thousands of apps due to the breach of trust carried out by Cambridge Analytica and an Orlando law firm law firm taking on Facebook. Morgan and Morgan yesterday filed a lawsuit against the social media company and Cambridge Analytica over that data breach. The lawyer who filed the suit in California claims the breach is another troubling example of Facebook's failure to maintain the security of information its consumers provide. The suit also accuses Facebook of knowing about the breach years ago but doing nothing about it. The lawsuit also accuses Cambridge Analytica of conducting psychological warfare on Facebook users. This is the first lawsuit filed over the suspected data breach. I wonder if there'll be a lot more uh, filed here. Also, it's it, I don't know if people fully understand what happened. It's kind of hard to understand. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is there are those people who say, yeah, I wasn't influenced by any of that stuff. You know, none of that had any effect on me. It didn't matter. I still believe what I believe one way or the other. Uh, but that discounts all the people who actually were affected by it. just because you are positive that it didn't sway you one way or another. It doesn't mean that many more weren't. But I wonder if people who were influenced even realized it or even now realize it. Yeah, I don't know. Or... I think if it did anything for a lot of people, it really made them. I I think first of all, like it it really sp- it it split the left. I mean, I think a lot of people think that it was all about like telling fake news about Hillary and trying to make us vote for Donald. And I think what the the big success of it was was dividing the left, so that they went to Bernie. Jill Stein or jumped libertarian, mm-hmm. you know, more than it made people vote for Trump. It made people stay home and not vote for Hillary and choose another alternative, which is just as good as voting for Trump. If anything in the big picture, it should teach us all to do a little investigating. Mm-hmm. If, if you question something, just don't take the first thing you read about something. Yeah. It's hard, though, regardless of what it is. I understand how it happened, though. People are so busy. Like, you have kids, you've got a life, you got work, you're trying You traffic. got time to be on Facebook. Yeah, but you got, that's about it. You don't have time to then be like, huh, that's an interesting story. I'm going to go fact check it now. That's a new thing. You know, people can be forgiven for not understanding that they that what they're looking at on what they No, but what I'm saying is now that we know that we're exposed to stuff Oh that, yeah. Now you have to be the fact checker. Now it's like, hey, this sounds a little fishy. Maybe I should look at something. Maybe I should <laughs> dig a little deeper here. Particularly if it's and this is, you know, both sides of the aisle. If it's something you really like seeing, you're like, "Oh boy, this makes me feel good to see this news." <laughs> you better make sure that it's real. Yeah, and it's not just political. It could be oh, about no. anything. No. Yeah. Like when I thought Aerosmith was going back out on tour and it turned out it was just <laughs> Steven Tyler doing country songs.
Pittsburgh Public Works <laughs> officials say five employees are suspended without pay after refusing to patch potholes. Public Works representatives say the five were working an overnight pothole repair shift earlier this year when a supervisor said, hey, go get another load of asphalt and finish that street. Officials say the five told the supervisors, nope, we did enough work, and they punched out of their shift five hours early. A California woman's Bigfoot lawsuit is off the docket, but she says she'll be back. Court records show that Claudia Ackley withdrew her case last week, demanding that California recognize the Sasquatch as an official species. Her lawyers urged her to pull back and refile after they've had a chance to rewrite the complaint against the Department of Fish and Wildlife. 46-year-old woman claims to have seen a Bigfoot three different times near the San Bernardino Mountain community of Lake Arrowhead. However, there are no other such claims on record for that area. Did you ever uh, see, well, I just showed you the gorilla walking upright in the Philadelphia (laughs) Zoo, which is so funny to me. Oh my God, it's hilarious. But uh, the sightings of Bigfoot through the years, it has to be something like like that, like a bear walking like that or... Well, yeah, there was, uh, that poor bear died, that one that was walked because he had a bad arm. Yeah. He was walking upright. I think it was in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was walking upright. I Are they positive it just wasn't like Peter Mayhew out for a hike? Or it might have been. Little, little Chewy taking a jog. <laughs> well, this is like a criminal version of an Ironman competition. A Florida man arrested after he stole a car, threw a bicycle at an officer, and then tried to outswim police. The unidentified suspect is hospitalized and in police custody following his uh, shenanigans. Police say the man tried to steal a car. Then he took off running when police arrived. While on the run, he picked up a bicycle along the way and threw it at a deputy. He then jumped into a lake and tried to hide from police helicopters, but was spotted and pulled out of the water uh, onto a boat, which in Florida, probably not a great idea to dive into a lake. No. No. F that alligator. Uh, Officers handcuffed him. Then he jumped back into the lake and tried to get away again, but he was pulled out of the water again and taken to a hospital for evaluation. It's the rampage trifecta, right? I mean, he's like doing a triathlon to get away yeah. from the cops. That reminds me, there was a linebacker at West Virginia years ago when my brother played there, and he, uh, I don't know, he got a hold of some PCP, as linebackers do. <laughs> and so he's running from the cops. I don't know, he's causing all this trouble. He's running from the cops. And you know where the Star City exit is, where the Star City Bridge is, and going to Morgantown? Well, it's right off 79 there. And he uh, he jumped off the banks of the river, into the river, and starts swimming across. Oh, man. All right? Cops go over the bridge, and they're waiting from the other side. He doubles back, swims across to the other side again. Cops over there. He swims back for a third time. And then they find out this all happened after he cut off his penis with hedge clippers. Oh, my God. And he did a three. How is he not bleeding out? I think the shock in the cold water and everything might have helped him from not. Dear Lord. I think I remember the guy's name, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. And then all of a sudden he's like driving to work. and He's like, you cut cut your penis (laughs) off, dude? (laughs) Somebody just screaming, I have a penis in their car. Yeah, some (laughs) linebacker just comes here and beats the snot out of me. Jimmy Page keeps promising to do something new, but all we've gotten from him in the past few years are Zeppelin and Yardbird, uh, Yardbird's reissues. But if David Coverdale has anything to say, his 1993 album with the guitarist Coverdale Page could be next. 
Speaking to Eddie Trunk, Coverdale says he was hoping he and Page could work on it now in the spring, but Coverdale has been busy with the new Whitesnake album, Flesh and Bone, which was set to be released soon. He adds that should it come together, it may include four or five extra songs plus a documentary. He said, quote, I filmed the whole process from the first day Jimmy and I sat down to write music at my house in Lake Tahoe, so there's enough stuff to make it a really interesting package for the fans. Up next for Jimmy Page is uh, tomorrow's re-release of Led Zeppelin's 2003 live album, How the West Was Won. Coverdale and Whitesnake uh, with Reb Beach on guitar going to tour the summer with Foreigner and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin uh, Evening. Not experienced because he had to give that name back to Jimmy Page. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, they play Key Bank Pavilion on June 27th. You know Jimmy Page is going to use it for like a ride at Universal or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a Led Zeppelin experience. I saw Reb last night. Did you? Yeah. Where was he? Uh, we got, got a bunch of people got together for a little happy hour. So oh, he's nice. getting ready to rock, heading out on the road. Nice. So, Reb's uh, the best. He is. Kansas set to celebrate the 40th anniversary of their multi-platinum album Point of No Return with a major U.S. tour. The track will feature the band for the first time performing its classic 1977 album in its entirety. It'll launch September 28th in Atlanta and run through December 15th in Fort Lauderdale. The band has also promised to perform more than two hours of their biggest hits, deep tracks, and fan favorites at every stop. Tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow. Their itinerary lists an October 6th date at Heinz Hall. Windy and cold, clouds and sun, mid-30s. Today, low 20s. Overnight, it's 24 at DVE. Crosby's going to find the puck. Gets into the Canadiens end, but Mike Riley takes it back. Crosby took it off him, and they feed it over to Gensel. In front, and a deflection by the Penguins. Crosby will give the Penguins the tying goal. Gensel shot it in front, but Crosby going back in front of the net, whacked it out of midair. And he ties the game for Pittsburgh. Oh, slap me, silly Sydney. I mean, are you kidding me? That was ridiculous. One of the all-time great Sidney Crosby goals propels the Penguins to a much-needed win at home last night over the Canadians. Crazy game. Crazy game indeed. A couple of penalty shots, a fight between two Redwoods, <laughs> a referee got hurt, all kinds of stuff. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. We'll have the uh, full lowdown for you coming up here in a little while. Uh, Dave Bracey, Ed Bailey from Drink a Partners Podcast. Join the show 720. Mayor Peduto, 845. That's right. The real mayor will give us a shout. Also, Recluse in the Coffee House today, a special Thursday edition of the Coffee House. Nice. Uh, they'll play a couple. They got a big show coming out this weekend and a brand new album on the way. Stan Savern also going to be joining us. Talking about that outstanding game last night and the newest member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The uh, the secondary getting a big, big boost. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Burnett made his way here. And uh, Tim Benz again. We'll have more on that as well. The Eagles. Yeah, it's the DV Morning Show. Neil Young, he's been so animated lately. He's, he's happy. He's having sex with Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. I almost said Daryl Stra- Hammond. Stra- Strawberry. <laughs> 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 he's having sex with Daryl Strawberry. So he's very happy. Um, Who wouldn't be? He seems to be like in this really good creative place. So he's going to crank stuff out. He does make me laugh all the time, though. Just. He's just so deliberate and everything he says is just he's so methodical. He's he's a genius though. You know, geniuses are eccentric uh, people. Uh Mike's uh, out this week. Mike lost his mom and we do want to send his condolences, our condolences to his family 
Uh, his mom was 94 years old. God bless her. And yeah. yes. What a life. And she was uh, just as smart as a whip as uh, like her son. Uh, the whole 94 Sharp. years. Still lived at her own home. Mm-hmm. Not in a home. Right. So, you know. Uh, that's that's amazing. Didn't want people to think Mike's just goofing off or something like that. He's, you know, going through saying goodbye with his family. So we just want to, you know, extend our well wishes and uh, our condolences to the pursuit of family. And they're all in, uh, you know, making a week out of it in the quip, I'm imagining. Right Yeah, now. a la quipa. Out in the quip. Tim Benz, as a result, filling in. He'll have a sports report for you when we come back. What an amazing Penguins game. That was a super fun game to watch. And I was doing stuff. I was kind of like running around, and it seems like every time I sat down for five <laughs> minutes, I saw two goals. But A penalty shot. A penalty shot. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting stuff last night. That Sidney Crosby goal, again. Ridiculous. Sick. The hand-eye on that. Yes, just, just nuts. So Tim will have the full report for you when we come back here on DVE. DVE Sports. All right, Tim Benz filling in with a sports report for you right now, and that Sidney Crosby goal, uh, that goes in the top five, does it not? I just want everybody to know I'm doing this sports cast today like that kid from Family Circus, you know, with the little paddle and the ball to work on my hand-eye <laughs> coordination so I can yeah. be more like Sidney Crosby when I grow up. And, it's, well, now do it on skates. Right, exactly, yeah. Batting with, pucks out of the air With a goal in yourself. front of you and, you know, defenseman ready to cross-check <laughs> you in the back of the head. Yeah. And that's what he did last night. Penguins survived a back-and-forth game against Montreal. Pens win 5-3 to three at home. They gave up a ghastly Scoring chance on the opening shift again, but Casey DeSmith made a big save. Pittsburgh got out to a 2-0 lead thereafter. They fell behind 3-2. They won 5-3 in large part because Sidney Crosby, at the end of the second, batted a puck out of the air to himself, and on a second swat, got it past Carey Price. Yeah, I just trying to follow the bouncing puck, and uh, yeah, it worked out. It was uh, nice to see one go in. It was especially good to see that because it happened at a time right after Casey DeSmith had allowed a fluke goal when the puck went 15 feet into the air. He couldn't see it. Montreal puts it in the net, and now you're thinking, oh boy, here we go. And then Sid answers with that, and Mike Sullivan, we'll hear from him a little bit later on in the day, but talked about how big of a momentum swing that was to get that kind of goal at that time after Montreal had just done to them what they did on that fluky play. Uh, Sid hmm. talks about the bounce back win after that bad game against the Islanders the night before. You know, we're still working towards, uh, you know, playing our best, but I think, you know, with some of the bounces tonight and, um, you know, just having to rebound, I think it was an important two points. So uh, we still uh, feel like we can we can play better, but I think it was a, it was a good step. But... Smith did end up making 27 saves. Malkin, Hornquist, Broussard got the other goals. The Devils in town tomorrow, 7 p.m. on the X. As far as the games tonight, a lot going on while the Penguins are idle. Washington leading the Metro with 91 points. They take on Detroit. The Rangers are at Philly. Columbus hosts Florida. Penguins are two back with 89. That's two better than the Blue Jackets. Flyers have 86 points for the top wild card. So that's how the standings sit right now. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday, but football-wise, Al Riveron, our good friend from the... yeah. You know, buddy. Instant, yeah, instant play committee. The director of uh, officiating actually tagged Jesse James in the tweet to announce the new changes in the catch rule. Oh no, Lee, I, I'm wow. not, I think we should leave Jesse James alone. Yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> leave Jesse. Alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Like I, he tagged him and Des Bryant. And if you're Des Bryant or Jesse James and you see the tweet with the video of the plays you got screwed on, 
Does that really make you feel better, or do you feel like you just got trolled a little bit? Oh, somebody just ripped your scab off. <laughs> exactly. Why'd you do that? Yeah, and then, like, you know, poured a bar rag into it. Like, <laughs> right. Just bacteria-laden, <laughs> filled wound now. Thanks a lot. So he's laid out, and I wrote about this for the trip today, he's laid out this simplified three-pronged argument to define a catch. Control, two feet down and another body part, and a football move. So they're just taking everything and condensing it to, quote-unquote, simplify it. Um, He also said that a football move could be described as a third step, which I guess is a different way of saying a third foot, because technically none of us have three feet. But if we did, if we did, then that Chris Boswell trick onside kick could have been executed a lot better, I think. Uh, Yeah, instead of that river dance looking thing that he did. (laughs) What was that called? A Roomba or something like that? (laughs) What do they call that thing? It did have a name like that. But yeah, everybody says third foot. You got a third foot down. Third foot down, right. Um, Reaching or extending the line to gain, I guess that's kind of where Jesse James comes into play. Here's where it gets tricky, though, where they're creating gray area, and they should just eliminate this line already. Or the ability to perform such an act. What? Like you're trying hard to oh, simplify God. things and eliminate gray area, and then you create it with this extra line. I don't know why they put that in there or even what it means. All right, say that again. So, Riveron went on to describe a football move as, one, a third step, two, reaching or extending the line to gain, three, or the ability to perform such an act. Why what put the, the hell does that I, I mean? I have no idea what that means. No, and this is all over the internet now. People are like, why are you doing this? That just creates the chasm that you've tried or to Or the ability yeah. to perform such an act. That Usually, like, the, the, Jesse James is the second, right? Is the... He's, right. He's now, the I one trying to advance the, put the ball. put the goal line in there very specifically. They haven't put the goal line in here. All these plays seem to happen at the goal line. Just eliminate the debate about what's the difference between a ball carrier jumping over the goal line and what Jesse did. Put that in there. There shouldn't be a difference. But this thing, I don't even know what this phrase means or why it's been, you know, supplemented out like that. But anyway. Uh, NFL Draft Pitt has his pro day or had his pro day yesterday. Ryan Shazier was there sort of acting as a quasi-member of the Steelers scouting Mm, department. Saw that. Uh, Avante Maddox, one of the Pitt players that really popped the combine, ran a 4-3-9. The Texans allegedly kind of interested in him. Here's what he had to say at the combine, or at the uh, pro day. Our goal was to go in and participate in every drill and be able to put a good time down for every drill. So when I come here, I just be able to do the position drills, and I feel like I did good in everything. College basketball, still no puff of white smoke above the Ryan Center in Kingston, Rhode Island. Uh, still waiting on Dan Hurley, Pitt, Rhode Island, Connecticut, trying to figure out what he's going to do. Sean Miller said he's not a candidate for the pit job. ESPN's Jeff Goodman seems convinced that Hurley will jump ship from Rhode Island to either Connecticut or Pittsburgh or somewhere else. But he also floated out the name Mike Hopkins as a candidate, who is currently the head coach at Washington and just won Coach of the Year in the Pac-12. Why he would come to Pitt, I don't know. Hmm. And then March Madness resumes tonight for all your busted brackets. Uh, Nevada with Eric Musselman as the coach. I think he should be a fringe candidate, maybe more seriously considered for the Pitt job. They take on the... Cinderella long shot, Loyola Chicago. The other early start is on TBS, Michigan and Texas A&M. Kentucky plays Kansas State in the late game on CBS from Atlanta and the late game in L.A. at 10.05, Gonzaga at Florida State. Thanks, Tim Benz. Val, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about the happiest moments of our day, just on average and any day. Just the happiest. The happiest. The moments I'm in here with you guys. (laughs) Mayor Perduto will be on the show later this morning. That'll be a happy time for my day. 
and hopefully for your day to clear the roads of snow or the ability to perform such an act. I'll tell you, <laughs> it does look pretty outside. I'll say that much. But uh, the roads are pretty clear on the way here. Yeah, not too bad. Okay. Spots, yeah. Right? Now we're okay. But I, I kind of did a fishtail on, oh, the, yeah. on the exit ramp going around a bend because it froze overnight. So. All right, so icy. Well, a couple slick spots. You slippy out there. Look out. <laughs> Big shot. DVE, Billy Joel. You know, Billy Joel, Long Island Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Regular Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, I believe. Isn't he? Is he already in there? If he's not, he I will be know. soon. But, you know, Bill was like just he saying, is. hey, what if Billy Joel's brother-in-law didn't steal all of his money? Because he did. His brother-in-law, even after he divorced his wife, he kept her brother on as his business manager, and he totally ripped Billy Joel off of all of his, like, 70s and early 80s money. Like, wasn't he flying first class, and then everybody else was back in coach? <laughs> like, <laughs> Billy and the band had to fly on, like, Airtran in the back. Um, but here's the thing. I think it might have, in a weird way, saved his life because Billy was such a partier. If he had all that money, right. he might not feel like he had to play. And I think the need to have to go out and play kept him from uh, going even further into the uh, into that Long Island trope of uh, drinking on the uh, long sh- with the longshoremen and whatnot. Instead, he was just having like shrimp cocktails at midnight in his bedroom <laughs> after a, after a show. Yeah, he, he just ate his feelings. I think he did. I think he might have eaten his feelings for a while. But uh, also, Billy Joel doesn't drink with the longshoremen anymore. He's he's got a mansion in the uh, Hamptons. But still, he just had another baby. I think that guy. Oh my God, did he? Yeah. I don't. I I don't know what it is. I think when you get like a younger hot wife, and she's like, "Here's the deal." I want kids. When you're that age and you have all that money, you're just like, yeah, that's fine. All right, whatever. When you're any well, age, yeah, really, if, if, a woman tells say, you she wants kids, that's what's going to happen. Or even if you're not rich. Like if you're a middle class guy who's 60 and you got a 30-year-old wife and she wants yeah. to have a baby. There's a documentary about it on Netflix right now. Yeah, I haven't watched it. Or, what? <laughs> I don't know. I, about, I keep going by it. It's about the age gap. But they're big age gaps. Like you have a normal age gap. Yours is uh, yours. Is, no, I don't know. She, no, she's yeah. She's she's on the bigger side of things. I would say a normal age gap is like five years. Okay. And what's the separation between you and Tim? Twelve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get into the double digits. You're up well, there. Well, you know that's impressive. Well, I'm impressed. Hey, thanks. Yeah, but you reversed the trend. It's usually older guy, younger woman. Right. Yeah. For sure. Frequently. That's yeah. why I'm impressed. I know. Val got game. She flexed her biological muscle. <laughs> she really did. She was like, Mm-mm. but there's no documentary. Oh, you know what? There is, in that documentary on Netflix, there is an example of a May December romance that's an older that, that's an older woman. Yeah, but it's like Harold and Maude. It's not like Val <laughs> like and Tim, ninety and twenty five. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a little more uh, like. Uh, who was the lady who did the Polygrip commercials, which is an ancient oh, reference? That is an old reference, but I I know who it is. Oh, my God. Her name who was, is it? Her name? Um, uh, the, la- the Big Mouth. I want to say McCray, uh, Delta. Why do I want to say Delta? What the hell's her name? Oh, George, Cl- George Clooney just talked about her because his aunt, Rosemary Clooney, did a, <laughs> another great reference. Did a tour with her, and he was the driver for the tour. Was this on the Letterman interview? Yes. And he said that they were the most oversexed, crazy, drunk ladies. Martha Ray. Martha Ray. 
I was saying Delta Ray. That's a country band. <laughs> at any rate, you're our. At any rate, at any rate, you're you're our Martha Ray. <laughs> no, but she uh, she was one who was in like her 80s and married some young guy who I think might have been gay. He's super gay. He was just like taking <laughs> who care wanted of her. her money. Yeah, it was more of the bur- like that movie Bernie. Yeah, Jack Black. All right, uh, we're gonna talk with Jason Mackey about the most unbelievable goal. Last night, Sidney Crosby in. Talk about the Penguins and how big of a win that was for him. Jason will join us at 745. The mayor will be on at 845. Recluse playing a special Thursday edition of the Coffee House today. It is the DB Morning Show. Churches performed on the Honda stage. Honda proud to feature exclusive performances from the breakout band. Check out their new single, Get Out. Exclusive access to performances at iHeartRadio.com slash Honda stage. Wherever your path takes you, Honda celebrates the creativity and drive it takes to get there. It is the DVE Morning Show. I feel like I just said that. Uh, Val Porter, Bill you Crawford, uh, Tim Benz filling in for Pursuit of This Morning with your sports. We'll talk with Jason Mackey about that great win last night by the Penguins. Uh, in particular, the great goal from Sidney Crosby, which will go down in the pantheon of Sidney Crosby goals, which, by the way, big pantheon. And, There's a huge pantheon. Yeah, the pantheon's big. I don't know. Do you have to, are some pantheons smaller than others, or by nature is a pantheon? Big. I think it's big by nature. The Pit Pantheons. And at any rate, that one is right up there. Just a beautiful goal from Sydney last night. And uh, not a lot of guys in the NHL can do that. Like, I feel like somebody else can do it, but it would kind of be like, oh, look at this. Look what's here. And then they would bat it out of the air and kind of be like, oh, I fungoed it. Hey, hey, you know. It would be Uh, like something you would see at the All-Star game when everybody's doing, like, tricks. Like, hey, yeah. check out my hand-eye with nobody around. Not in a real game. No, but Sid pulled it out in the real game last night. Gets the goal, and uh, it was the equalizer and a much-needed one at the time, as Tim said. The uh, Canadians had just scored that fluky goal and given them the momentum. So <clears throat> Sid and uh, the boys get the W last night. Uh, the all-important win at home. Jason Mackey talks about that. 7.45. Val. Yes. <laughs> BuzzFeed asked people if uh, they eat 10 different foods with a fork or a spoon. Mm, okay. Oatmeal. Spoon. Spoon. Right. 97%. Spoon. <laughs> Who eats Who oatmeal those... with a fork? And how 3% thick is your oatmeal? of those people Hold are on. serial I'll, killers. I want to point something out. I have eaten just about every spoon friendly food with a fork at one time or another due to dirty dishes. Oh, yeah. You okay, just but... ate something in the kitchen the other day <laughs> with an ice cream scooper, and you're lambasting the fork-eating oatmeal people. Well, this is a regular hat. This isn't. The question wasn't if you didn't have clean silverware, would you eat <laughs> oatmeal with a fork? Right. Val was in survival mode. Right. That, that shouldn't count. All right. I had no choice. You ate what with an ice cream I scooper? I ate my eggs the other morning with a shrimp fork. <laughs> What's a shrimp fork? Like a little, tiny, tiny little one? Little itty bitty ones. Why was there a shrimp fork here? I have no idea. How was I guarantee you the last thing on that fork was shrimp. It was not washed. <laughs> no, it was in the clean drawer. Oh, the clean shrimp fork drawer. We have a very fancy <laughs> DJ cafe here. It was the only thing that had tines on it. Jello. If you go in the if you go in any of the drawers, they have those plastic silverware sets, except the fork has been taken out of every one of them. Yeah. So there's only a knife. We have three thousand plastic knives. That's probably the grossest like silverware drawer I've seen since college. If you the one the drawers underneath the coffee maker, there's just coffee grounds all through them. We're animals here. Okay. Um, People are trying to hide their Coke, I guess. I, I think know. that's what it is. J- Jello. 
Uh, I think that one's kind of pliable. Really? Well, aren't you guys in the vast minority? 92% are spooners. Yes. 8%. I don't eat jello, so (laughs) I think that's the main point. Chili. For me. Chili. Uh, A spoon. Spoon. Definitely a spoon. I have made chili that you could eat with a fork before because I I made, you know. It's pretty thick. You make it too thick. Yeah. I just made some the other day that was pretty thick. How'd it go? What kind? What'd you put in it? Um, It was... uh, Carol Shelby's Texas Chili. Who's Carol Shelby? Am I, I supposed know. to know that? Is it a friend of your mom? Gravity. It sounds like <laughs> my aunt Carol Shelby. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a guy actually. Uh, ice cream cake. By the way, chili fork. Ch- fork. chili was eighty five percent spoon, fifteen percent fork. Ice cream ice cake. Cream fork. Cake. That's another. Because you got to be able to cut way. down through the ice cream. See what he's saying here? A fork on ice cream. Not a lot of people. A cake. I- ice cream cake. Yeah, it's but it, but it's ice cream. Hard. It's ice cream. I'd say go, you go either way on that one. You know what? You guys, right online, 60-40. 60% use the spoon. Hmm. 40% go with the fork. I just I just always approach a piece of cake with a fork. Yeah. And if there's ice cream in it, then we'll deal with that. Then so be it. Yeah, if it slips through, <laughs> yeah, it is Not a big is. deal. Right. Peas. I don't eat peas. Oh, I love peas. Neither do I. Peas are it's terrible. It's like the grossest thing I've ever eaten. We talk. Oh, I guarantee some. you eating something grosser <laughs> if you're eating if you're eating food with a shrimp fork out of the DJ cafe. <laughs> you've had something grosser than peas. No, that just made it gross. What she was eating wasn't gross. Uh, peas are fifty four percent of people use a spoon. I can't believe. Well, you know they roll around. Forty six percent use a fork. Yeah, but what do you pull out a special spoon when you you're gotta... eating dinner just for the peas? We're having peas tonight. Get the spoons. <laughs> no. Make sure you have a full place setting. Mashed potatoes. Fork. Spoon. 40% spoon. 60% fork. Although when I'm eating mashed potatoes, it's usually on a plate with a bunch of other stuff that I'm using a fork for. And gravy. I don't think I've ever eaten mashed potatoes with a spoon. What if it was... That seems to me like just being gross. Like, oh, what is this? Like, like a bucket of ice cream. Yeah. Something about the fork seems dignified when eating mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I like to remain dignified while eating mashed potatoes. Watermelon. Mm. Fork. Hands. Right. I'm with you on that. <laughs> but let's say it's chopped up. Fork. Hands. 36% <laughs> spoon, 64% fork. Rice. Ooh, this is a big one. Rice. Uh, fork. Yeah, fork. 36% spoon, 64% fork. And again, when they're, when they're on the side of, you know... Your dinner, and you're eating with a fork, you're not going to pull out a special spoon for the rice. Get the rice spoon. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Unless there's soup, I'm not picking up the spoon. My mom used to make some rice dish that had milk in it and cinnamon or something like that. It was like some weird dessert. I don't think it was like poor man's like rice pudding or something. I don't know. Did you eat that with a fork? I don't remember. I didn't know poor men ate rice pudding because that seems extravagant. No, it's rice. It's literally what the poorest people eat. Oh, um, like I feel like that's in a novel. Like that's a novel worth of <laughs> Please, poor sir. people. I grew up in a Dickens novel. Yeah, you didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. Some rice. That's right. When I say mom, I mean <laughs> the mean person that ran Sorry, the orphanage. I didn't know you grew up near Oliver. <laughs> yes, uh, mac and cheese. Oh, fork. Fork. Why? It's all goopy cheese. You eat mashed potatoes you with stab a, it with a spoon. You got to stab at it. But yeah. I agree. Mac and cheese, 78% of uh, people polled ate it with a fork. 
Yeah. It's a bunch of harpoons. <laughs> Spaghetti. Fork and Fork. spoon. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yes. Just twirl it on the twirl spoon. Twirl it into the spoon. I I never was able to do uh, that little trick. You're Italian. Do you guys, is that part of your, like, <laughs> to learn that? <laughs> yeah, they send me off to spaghetti school. <laughs> yeah, to go to camp. <laughs> yeah. So it is, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Pasta camp. 84% use a fork. 16% use both. Zero, obviously. Plain spoon. You, you can't eat spaghetti with a spoon. Less SpaghettiOs. Different thing altogether. Now, hold on. I would submit you use a fork for SpaghettiOs, and here's why. Mm. You don't want too much of that fake vodka sauce stuff that it's in. You oh, wanna... you mean you want to strain it? Yeah, you got to strain the SpaghettiOs. Mm-hmm. Do SpaghettiOs have the meatballs in it? You can get them with meatballs. Yeah, in. you those can. Those little tiny meatballs, they were What something. are they? They're not meat. They're not meat. <laughs> they were good. Those are, uh, no way. I, walked I would by never it. eat those. You know those come from like some. So that's like a bull, or that's it's just an <laughs> animal you don't get meat from typically. It's like oh donkeys, yes, <laughs> those are donkey balls. <laughs> a donkey with really tiny balls. What were you gonna say? I walked by. It was ten for ten for the chef Boyardee the other day. I'm like, yep, I could eat that right now. Which one do you go to? You go to. You have to have one chef Boyardee. Ah, uh, it's. By the it's way, first celebrity chef one. doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard to pick one. Ravioli is pretty good. Yeah, the ravioli. Spaghetti and meatballs. No, ravioli is the only pick. Beefaroni is kind of oh, almost... Oh, beefaroni. I no, forgot about beefaroni. Beefaroni is kind of gross. No, it's Ravioli good. is like... Because beefaroni had meat in it. <laughs> so does ravioli. I know, but... But you got to do the mini ravioli. Yeah, the mini ravioli is pretty good. There's nothing quite like... Pouring mini raviolis out of a big can, the, not the small one. I mean the big can, the like family the size. family size one. Just pouring it into a pot and watching all of those mini raviolis go over Pour all the metal out. shards of, uh, <laughs> you know, because we had a broken can opener just mm-hmm. to tear up. The amount of like BPH crap that we used to eat when we were kids. I was just saying this. I was having a conversation with my buddy about this yesterday. Basically, like my daughter's generation, I don't know if this this holds true for millennials as well, are the first generation that is sort of conscious health-wise about the food that they're eating because I grew up on just straight junk. Stuff, it was not food. Fruit roll-up. Steakums? What is that? Um, steak. Dude, steakums was a big deal for us. Hot pockets? Once I learned to put onions in there and like fry it up and stink the whole house up and eat steakums on a piece of white bread and all the grease would just soak into it luxury pizza bagels like those oh, pizza dude. bagels that would get rock hard love those lenders bagels inside of a toaster oven was that the end of was that the last item on the survey or we just Spaghetti. run out of time well both okay. battles got news next uh, we're going to talk about the best places to work, and we're also going to talk about the happiest part of your day. Comedy Cuts Weekend. On- that reminds me, there was a linebacker at West Virginia years ago when, when my brother played there. And he, uh, I don't know, he got a hold of some PCP, as linebackers do. <laughs> and so he's running from the cops. I don't know, he's causing all the trouble. He's running from the cops. Jumped off the banks of the river, into the river. And starts swimming across. Oh, man. All right. Cops go over the bridge. And they're waiting from the other side. And then they find out this all happened after he cut off his penis with hedge clippers. Oh, my oh. God. And he did a three 
How is he not bleeding out? I think the shock in the cold water and everything might have helped. I think I remember the guy's name, but I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. And then all of a sudden he's like driving to work and drops it like, you cut cut your penis off, dude? Somebody just (laughs) screaming, I have a penis in their car. Yeah, some (laughs) linebacker just comes here and beats the snot out of me. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. PCP, not around so much anymore. No, you don't hear about it too much. Sounds like I'm longing for the days, but I'm not. It was just an observation. Ah, good old PCP. Now it's bath salts. <laughs> you know, that, that seems to be what people are taking that makes them do things like cut off their penis with hedge clippers mm-hmm. and swim in, in the river. Right. Um, or eat somebody's face off. Yeah, not, we haven't had a lot of face eaters. It seems like uh, bath salts have... Uh, went by the wayside. Have yeah. receded a bit. Well, they really had some bad PR there for a while. It would be tough to keep that product going, given all of the uh, the news of the day. Not exactly... The best marketing. Whatever. Maybe they're to regrouping those, as a company. Those guys who like attacked people and ate their faces. I don't know. They're in jail right now trying to convince people that they actually did that. Why are you here again? He's like, man, I ate that guy's face on the interstate. Huh? And then don't you remember like the young kid who was in his twenties or something and he attacked his neighbors oh, in their yeah. garage? I forgot about that. Didn't he chug gasoline or something like I that know, at one point? It was point? another crazy I think that was just a good old run in the mill like broken brain person oh okay yeah i, I think he was on drugs i'm not sure if he was or he wasn't but uh i think he's okay well not okay i mean he's not okay but i don't no, think he was okay. drug induced at any rate Sidney crosby whatever he's on i want some yeah give me some of that what a goal last night by sid the kid to even the score and allow the uh the pens to go on to win crosby's gonna find the puck gets into the canadians end, but mike Riley takes it back crosby took it off him and they feed it over to Gensel. In front and a complexion by the Penguins. Crosby will give the Penguins the tying goal. Gensel shot it in front, but Crosby going back in front of the net, whacked it out of midair, and he ties the game for Pittsburgh. Oh, slap me, silly Sydney. Oh, man. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, on the goal call there. Broussard would get one uh, to <laughs> go ahead. Gensel gets the uh, the uh, the clincher there. The closer. At the end. Yeah, and the Pens go on to win 5-3 to three last night. Bizarre fight with uh, Alexiak and uh, McCarron. A couple of uh, Redwoods going at it. All kinds of crazy stuff. We'll talk with Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette about that coming up 745. Val's got news for you right now. What's going on, Valerie? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 24 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. What uh, was spring snow, now some slick conditions across the area. Road crews were out overnight dealing with areas that... Froze again after that record snowfall in Pittsburgh yesterday. Officials say we got 8.6 inches. That broke the previous wow, record heavy of 6.5 inches in 1924. It, it's a it's a pretty snow. It was pretty. It, it, like the branches and everything, uh-huh. it just kind of sat on the trees and looks great. Even this morning, Green Tree looked like a little Colorado town, mm-hmm. but it was a huge pain in the ass to shovel. <laughs> My poor dog. It was clear up to his belly. And he's just kind of looking at you like. <laughs> now, I, I thought about you yesterday. You know how you said you you were definitely not shoveling your driveway. Mm-hmm. We have the, a really long driveway, and I was sitting there, and my girls were watching, like binge watching this mermaid show. And I was like, it's either sitting here and watch this with them, <laughs> or shovel the driveway. And long story short, I shoveled the entire driveway. Nice, just to be out of the house. Oh yeah. I was like, I got to get out of here. Well, I have to do it now because we're getting a UPS delivery today. So I have to clear the driveway off for the guy. Super heavy. Yeah. And I don't know exactly why that is, but it was just wet. It's wet. Like it's perfect snowman weather. Mm-hmm. That's why. 
It's wet. Wet snow. Biggest pain in the ass. Heavy well, as hell. But still, how many times did you have to shovel this year? Less than 10, right? This is the biggest snow of the winter, I feel like. Um, Isn't it? Yeah, it's close. Less than 10-ish, maybe. It was for sure the biggest snow of the winter. It was it was mostly pretty cool. It was nice, except for the people who had to deal with their kids who weren't in school. It seemed like they had the roads under control by like mid-afternoon. Mm-hmm. But it snowed all day. It did. It was awesome. It just did not stop. They got a, like a foot you know, up along the coast for the nor'easter. Uh, PennDOT and Turnpike officials say all the restrictions placed on drivers across the Commonwealth uh, from the storm have been lifted. There was a speed limit restriction of 45 miles per hour on the Turnpike, as well as restrictions on tractor trailers and RVs. But uh, as of midnight, the final few restrictions had been lifted. Uh, Erie, I believe, pushed over their 200 uh, inches. For the winter, mm-hmm. which is like record for them. For There's only been a couple times where that's happened, I think, if at all. But I know they're the number one city for accumulation this year. And number two is uh, Syracuse, and they're like five feet Good Lord. behind wow. them. Wow. Like that's how much more snow they got up in Erie. Wow. A bill intended to protect the victims of domestic violence named for a Washington County woman is headed to Governor Wolf's desk. Tierney's Law was named for Tierney Ewing, who was kidnapped and beaten to death by her estranged husband after he was let out of jail on bail. The bill will allow judges to use risk assessment tools to set bail in domestic violence cases. Looking for a new gig? Well, LinkedIn just released its 2018 list of the top companies, or at least the places where most job seekers in the U.S. want to work. The top 10 are Amazon at number one. Then it's Alphabet, Facebook, which maybe that will change, <laughs> uh, Salesforce, Tesla, Apple, Comcast, NBC, Universal, the Walt Disney Company, Oracle, and Netflix. A woman in Spain is dead after undergoing an acupuncture treatment using bees. The 55-year-old sought the treatment for tense muscles and stress. It involves deliberately getting bee stings, something that advocates say is a useful treatment for a range of problems. The woman instead had an allergic reaction and died after falling unconscious almost immediately. Uh. Up to that point, however, she had been getting bee sting therapy for about two years with no previous problems. That just sounds dumb. I'm always looking for new ways to try to recover different things, pain management. That's not even on the list. What if you had, what if uh, getting stung like by a wasp 20 times a day, like gave you no joint pain, no muscle fatigue? You Every day? Yeah. But no. you had to get stung 20 times a day. No. I'd at least try it once <laughs> to see what it was like. Wasps. Wasps are, are awful. Oh, I know. They're, they're terrible. I know. I, I I dug up by accident. I was trying to do some yard work last year, and I dug up a wasp nest in the ground. Ugh. Got no. stung like four times. Oh, my God. Brutal. It, it, it hurt for like four hours. But people will do, will go to great lengths and spend a lot of time for things that I think that, like, say the cold showers. What is that, five minutes a day? All right, the health benefits from doing that, you know, there's only a couple things you can do that will give you those same kind of health benefits. Right. So cold you kind of train therapy. your brain. I really do think that, like, if there was a way to do something crazy like that, if that bee sting therapy worked, it would catch on and people would do it. And you'd go into some clinic and there'd be bees in a pen. They'd be like, are you ready? And they would just <laughs> put it work. on your shoulder and be like, bang, bang. Oof. I don't know how they get you 
get them to sting you. Like if a bee just crawls on your arm and doesn't automatically sting you. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they tell them you were talking bad about them. (laughs) She hates bees. Right. They show them an Instagram post you have making fun of the bees. (laughs) Kind of not so cool. Remember that time we had Radiothon and I I stepped on a bee hive the day before and my entire foot was swollen up. Do you remember that at all? How long ago was this? It's like five years ago. And so my whole like calf and foot was swollen. I I got stung a ton of times. And so I remember I was like, I tried to put like Converse on and like they would barely fit. So I had to like make them as loose as possible. And I went over to the phone bank Mm -hmm. and there was some sorority from like Duquesne working in the phone bank. These girls were hanging out there and I was like, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it and everything. And I kind of limped a little bit. And the girl's like, what happened? Uh, you're like, you know, you hurt your foot? And I'm like, oh, I got stung by a bunch of bees. And then I pull up and showed them, not even thinking how horribly disfigured and gross <laughs> it looked. And I made all these girls go, ah! Like, they all just started throwing up on each other. At Radio <laughs> Thought. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that was, that was such a dumb thing. I'm really sorry. I just did that. And then people are like, what did you do to them? I'm like, nothing. I just showed them my foot. They're like, what showed kind of weird kink is that? <laughs> It's not a cake. I just wanted them to see my bee stings. And believe it or not, people are putting bug spray in their tobacco and lighting it up in order to get high. Supposedly, smoking it puts the user in a catatonic, almost zombie-like state. But, of course, it was designed to kill things, so it's not really healthy for you. Some side effects include difficulty breathing, convulsions, coma, and psychotic behavior. So maybe this will be the new bath salt. Yeah, these are the bath salt people here. Smoking Raid. Uh, the effects of smoking bug spray only worsens when it's used with hard drugs. Um, I don't know, man. Wow. I, yeah, don't spray your cocaine with Raid. I just, I'm not exactly sure how that stuff all happens. How do yeah. you get to the point where somebody's like, "Let's try this"? You right. want to get high and have no budget, not not a budget at all. So you go down into the shed, and you're like, "All right, let me uh, see what I can dig out of here." I mean, we got some keyboard cleaner. I remember kids used to snort rush, was just what a chemical. That? Like, oh, what's rush? It was some weird chemical, and they would like make their face all red and stuff. And I just remember thinking, like, this can't be a good thing. Why? Why? Why is everyone doing this? Like, when you get to the point where you're huffing things, I think I think you got to reconsider. I just remember I never even knew that was a thing until that show Cops, when they kept pulling over, but like they kept chasing people down, and they'd have like all this silver around their face, yeah, <laughs> like spray, spray, yeah. and paint in a bag, and then yeah, in a hail Dude. Of fumes. and then huff it. That's not a good high. Drink it a part- can't be. Drinking Partners podcast. Uh, Dave Bracy, Ed Bailey, Pittsburgh Comics uh, in studio with us right now. And uh, you guys never Gentlemen. huffed anything, right? You were never a huffer, were you, Ed? I, you know what? No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think so. That's good. I've always enjoyed the smell of gasoline, like low key. I never wanted to admit that to anybody because, like, sure. it sounds no, it like smells I'm great. Just, but like, I like that. I like, I like gasoline smell. Magic but you marker. didn't take it home and like, yeah, yeah. you didn't put some into a cloth and then huff it. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like a suburban uh, uh, issue. No, kids <laughs> in the street. Yeah, right? no. This is mainly white guys. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is uh, yes. Yeah, Putting raid on a cigarette is not something that's happening in the black community. Yeah, no, I feel nah. like uh, that's a that's a Trump panzee. <laughs> what, what we do with gas is if you like out late night cheating on your lady, you'll pour gas on your clothes. <laughs> and you get home late, you tell her like the gas at the gas station. <laughs> that's how that's how we rock. 
<laughs> it's got to be unleaded too. Like, yeah. don't, don't go premium. She'll, she'll smell that. She'll figure that out. <laughs> Uh, Dave oh, Bracey, Ed Bailey uh, with this Drinking Partners podcast. Tonight, you guys got a show going on. Yeah, uh, Apis Meadery, um, we got to hurry up and say something funny. Um, it's a crowd work show, so... Uh, okay. you Fun um, show. Yeah, I mean, it's all... you. Know, we basically cap on the crowd. We make fun of the crowd, so if you come there, uh, don't sit in the front. Uh, <laughs> also, don't sit in the back uh, either, because we'll point you out too. Uh, maybe in the middle, like a nice soft middle. Blend um, in. Just- but yeah, you know, you know, we, we encourage people to heckle. Um, Which is the funniest thing to me because, you know, whenever you asked me to do it that one time, I was like, man, I don't like to do crowd work, number one. And number two, I don't want to be heckled. And then I went and did it. It was actually a hilarious, fun show. But it ended up being the comedians just absolutely trashed the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they're not trained to get right. back to they, they're not ready for combat like, <laughs> right. you occasionally get the one person who's like hyped to say something funny but they don't have that follow up yeah yep. <laughs> you know that one they didn't dude think it all the way through up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright so if there's a funny guy in your office who thinks he's funny you should take him to this tonight yes. and let him let him see how funny he is alright that's live at Apis Mead uh, is it Meadery yeah. Is that what you call it? Yes. Which sounds like a butcher shop, but it's Mead. M-E-A-D. <laughs> With a D. Uh, Mead. Mead and Winery. Apis Mead and Winery. It's good. All right, that's tonight. 7 o'clock, the door's open. There's a food truck outside Bulldogs. Uh, and again, that's with Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, T-Robe, Ed Bailey, Sean Collier, Samantha Bentley, Matt, Matt Wolforth, and more. And then March 31st, you guys are back in Cranberry, which is kind of like your home theater, the Comptra Theater. They accepted us, yeah. That's we, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's going well up there, right? Yeah, it's uh, super awesome. Uh, you know, we finally got Terry Jones up there. Yes, it's it's a long time coming. So we got Terry Jones, we got Mike Sasson, Leslie Battle, Joey Welsh. Okay, you know, so we we got a real good show. Man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, now this the... is protect, uh, presented by Epcast Network, where you guys, uh, the platform that you put your podcast out on, and Brooklyn Brewery. Yeah, it's pretty free. good. Uh, that's a nice uh, sponsor to have there. Yeah, they're they're, they're bringing out uh, free beer, um, so that would be awesome. And then, it's uh, free beer and comedy, and it's and free beer. Wild. Well, the comedy you got to pay for. Yeah, the comedy, <laughs> you got to make some. We got some margins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tickets are available at Comptra Theater Ticketleap.com. That seems uh, convoluted. We're going to put it out on DB.com uh, for that show on March 31st, and there'll be food trucks there as well. All right, good deal. Good for you guys. And the podcast is going good. Podcast oh, pretty awesome. Well. Yeah, yeah, we just had Viceland come in and uh, tape us for that. That you know, channel. no kidding. Uh, yeah, Beerland oh, came really? into town. Uh, we had a sold out show over at uh, Unplanned Comedy. Um, they came in with like the Proton Pack cameras. You know what I mean, with the oh big yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are going to be on Viceland. <laughs> yeah, Beerland in uh, June. Oh no, kidding. Oh. That's pretty cool. How did that get hooked up? Um, they called us oh, randomly. They hit yeah. us up on like Facebook Messenger. I had to like do some research. I thought it was like spam. I thought she was trying to get my social security number. Like, <laughs> hey, 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 going on, you never know. Like no. they start asking for headshots. I'm like, nah, man, you're not gonna have me on a wanted poster. <laughs> I know how y'all catch us. The surveillance cam photo. Uh, so they they hit us up. They uh, told us they wanted to come to Pittsburgh, and uh, we happened to have full pint dropping the uh, drinking partners coffee porter That's at the awesome. same time. So we kind of put those together. And, uh, yeah. So you guys got your own full pint uh, yeah. line. That's pretty cool. Second time, right on. Well, yeah, my buddy T Funk and all those guys out there—they yeah, got that's a, good, a good one. Oh, that's man. a good sour right T- there. T Funk, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. That's it's a great for for the people who haven't ventured into the uh, brewery scene here in Pittsburgh yet. Uh, that's that's a, a great uh, place to go because they got the brew pub, yeah, where you can hang out. 
and uh, right there in Lawrenceville. And, uh, you know, that's a good way to start. Uh, there's a couple breweries out yeah, that way. Yeah, Fury's oh, out yeah. there. I yeah. mean, you get out to Helltown, and then you keep yeah. going down that road, Spoonwood, and Four Seasons. It's all. It's, it's, it's a good a time good... for beer in the Berg. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why the Drinking Partners podcast uh, fits nicely into that. And you should check them out if you haven't yet. Ed and Day uh, do a, a, a great job. And it is, really. It's like the biggest uh, local podcast going right now because uh, it has transcended the 412. Check them out tonight at Apis Mead and Winery in Carnegie. And then March 31st, Drinking Partners present a night of epic comedy at Comptra Theater in Cranberry. And the tickets available at the Comptra Theater website. We'll tweet it out. We'll put it out on social media for people as well. All right. Appreciate you. Cool. Appreciate Thanks, guys. DVE Sports. Tim Benz is filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports last night. And have you seen anything like that before? The Sidney Crosby goal, in the words of Mike Sullivan. Yes, I've seen it before from him. Actually, almost to the date, about this time last year, he had something similar. Not where he batted it up the air twice to himself, but yes. he's had some pretty good ones where he looks like he's swinging a baseball bat. I think Clint Hurdle's going to try to sign him away and have him bat leadoff so somebody <laughs> could be on base for Josh Bell. He kicked it up, then he knocked it up again to put it on a platter, and then just swatted it through. Sw- it was just unlike uh, anything I've seen, man. That guy is um, on skates. The, the difficulty mm-hmm. there. Yeah, the hand-eye coordination, the, the dexterity off the charts. Oh. It was part of a 5-3 win for the Penguins against the Canadians last night. And as Mike Sullivan said, Randy, not just so much what he did, how he did it, the level of difficulty, but the timing of it. Well, it was a huge goal for us. You know, it, uh, it was an answer to, the, to the, the goal that they got to, to gain the lead. So uh, to go in after two periods with a, t- with a tie game was really important for us, so it was a huge goal for us. And uh, Yeah, it's a good point because, you know, they had just blown a 2 nothing lead, and then they get a fluky goal themselves, the Canadians, where the puck goes way high in the air and falls down right in the crease next to Casey DeSmith. Montreal bangs it in. Everybody's dejected. Oh, we're going to lose to Montreal now after losing to the Islanders mm-hmm. the night before, and then Sid does that. They come out. They get a goal in the third from Derek Broussard, his second as a Penguin. He's starting to get it a little bit, you think, now four games in a row where he's gotten a point. Sullivan talked about his efforts as well. He's a real smart player. I think he understands how we're trying to play. Um, you know, I, and, and I think he's comfortable. I think he's more comfortable with his teammates, um, with the guys he's playing with, and, and in the situations that we're trying to put him in. And so, um, you know, I, I'd quite honestly like to find him more minutes in the game just, uh, just because I think he's that good of a player. We'll hear from Broussard next hour. As far as the other goal scorers, Jake Gensel got the insurance. Malkin and Hornquist scored early in the game. Casey DeSmith, 27 saves. The Devils in town tomorrow, 7 o'clock on the X. Expect the Penguins to keep a close eye on what's going on elsewhere tonight because Philadelphia and the Rangers play. Columbus hosts Florida, and the Capitals are in Detroit. As of now, Washington leads the Metro with 91 points. Penguins are two back with 89. That's two better than the Blue Jackets. The Flyers have 86 points for the top wildcard spot. Marc-Andre Fleury did not travel with the Vegas Golden Knights to San Jose after getting hit in the mask on Tuesday, but the team says he might join the club later if he's feeling up to it. Oh, by the way, uh, Bill, I, I looked it up. It's Rabona Kick. That was the name of Rabona Chris Kick. Boswell because we were talking about getting three oh. feet down, getting the third foot down under the new Al Riveron. I thought that was the name of the Rhode Island uh, AD. No, that's that's Buell. Wait, I just had it here. Thorn Bjorn. Oh, okay, Thorn, yeah. Thorn Bjorn. Which Thorn Bjorn. Like, I think it was a linebacker at UMass Amherst. But when you have a name like that, don't you like, I thought you would letter in lightning throwing or boulder <laughs> crushing or something to that effect. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of the NFL, the draft taking place, that's the next big item on the checklist for the Steelers, and the Pitt Pro Day was yesterday. Ryan Shazier was a part of it, sort of acting as a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Brian O'Neill, one of the guys that talked to Kevin Colbert, he's an offensive lineman for the Panthers. Great columnist for the Post-Gazette. Yes, yeah, he's got a lot of different skills and talents. Here he is talking about his meeting not only with Colbert, but also with Mike Munchak, too. I met with Kevin Colbert before I declared, um, just kind of feel it get his thoughts on the whole process and he was really good um, and it wasn't necessarily about me or what I need to work on but it was more about kind of what the whole process is like and how to handle it um, so I'm really thankful for that every, every day I'm seeing somebody popping in and out of the office so um, it's good much like Avante Maddox who I mentioned last hour I've seen him linked to the Texans too college basketball still nothing yet as of uh, now anyway with Dan Hurley and his decision whether or not to leave Rhode Island and go to UConn or Pitt or just stay there and um, Sweet 16 gets going tonight. CBS, it'll be the first game, Nevada and Loyola Chicago. Texas A&M and Michigan after that, or at the same time, rather, on TBS. The late games, Kentucky against Kansas State on CBS, then Gonzaga against Florida State, the 10-05 tip in Los Angeles. And from the world of UFC, Joe Biden and Donald Trump apparently are going to fight. Did yes, you see this? this is big news. Okay, so if we're going to, if we're going to, I don't know, match this up sort of on a boxing card, who do we like here, Trump or Biden? They're challenging each other to a fight. Yeah, now here's the thing. Now, it, for those who don't know, you know, Biden said that, you know, back in the day he would have taken him out behind the schoolyard and beaten the crap out of him or something like that. I think he said that here in Pittsburgh, as a matter of fact. And then uh, Trump responding with a... I mean, using all the characters he can. I think it's like a 239-character tweet, uh, basically saying, "Get your, get my name out of your mouth." I'm gonna, uh, you know, be careful what you say. Don't I, threaten I, yeah. people. You so go yeah. down easy. I thought it was a parody account. No, the president. I'll is be totally honest. Threatening to beat up uh, Joe Biden. Here's he the, do, he doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Oh, Don't threaten people, brother. Joe. Yeah, that's what it is. These guys need to start cutting promos. Hold ASAP. on, let's be honest. Donald Trump would beat the hell out of Joe Biden. You met Joe Biden? Would he? First of all, he's a Syracuse he's, man. He's got like 65, 70 pounds on him. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying... But he's got tiny hands. He does have tiny hands. But he's just going to he's gonna roll on him, man. He's going to do the roll. I think Joe Biden's got sneaky quick hands. I, I think I think he's lithe. I think he's he wiry. He doesn't pack a punch, though. I like Joe. Don't get me wrong. This is not... I'm talking about just a fight. Donald Trump would beat up Joe Biden. Would they? Would either one of them get a third punch in before the heart attack happened? No, I was going to say, just based on their ages, I think this is uh, round prohibitive past one. Then yeah. again, Donald Trump was terrified of uh, the eagle when it flapped its wings <laughs> that one time. So maybe if he comes at him with a Daniel LaRussa. Yeah, get the, up in the, the crane. Get the, get the crane position. <laughs> what was the celebrity boxing show? Was it just called Celebrity Boxing yeah, that, that Tanya it. Harding yeah. was on? They yeah. should do that. Hey, Barstool's doing that uh, rough and rowdy. Rough and yeah. rowdy, yes. They should do the rough and rowdy thing. do that. Thing. Have Bill Byrne in uh, Big Cat call it out. Do it here at Highmark Stadium. Yeah. You know, Pennsylvania, battleground area. Whoever wins the fight gets Pennsylvania in the, in the re-election. It's not a, bad, uh, not a bad idea. All right. Really not a bad idea. We'll do tail of the tape next hour. I'll come up <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, let's get... Yeah, stats. make sure... Let's yeah, get we got to have their get weight, the reach. their reach. Yeah. Because... I mean, I'm not questioning Joe Biden's toughness. I'm just saying he's, what, 76? Well, how old's Trump? 71. All right. That's a big five years, though. You think so? Yes. 75's the new 74. Who's better conditioned? I don't think it's It's even a question. Yeah. It's got to be Biden. 
when they go to their corners. Trump's like eating Biden's, cheeseburgers in bed. He's, yeah, he he's is. got no. He's done no cardio. I don't know. But then Biden's going to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement after the fight and won't be able to talk about it. Who so. are in their corners when they're like? Is Hillary in Biden's corner? Bernie Sanders no. yelling at him to get him motivated? No, no, probably not. No, Al Gore. <laughs> Putin's in Trump's. Al Gore's his that. cut man. Yeah, it's just Putin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Putin. Who's the guy from Rocky Four that comes down to yell at Drago? It's, you will win. Yeah, it's that guy. He's putting some kind of illegal potion on his gloves. <laughs> Punch him with this; it'll make him go blind. Given the Aaron Pryor black bottle he's drinking out of, absolutely. Oh yeah, he just punches him with a glove filled with polonium. <laughs> 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 All right, when we come back, Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette talking Penguins here on D. And the puck gets into the Canadiens' end, but Mike Riley takes it back. Crosby took it off him, and they feed it over to Gensel. In front, and a deflection by the Penguins' Crosby will give the Penguins the tying goal. Gensel shot it in front, but Crosby going back in front of the net, whacked it out of midair, and he ties the game for Pittsburgh. Oh, slap me, silly Sydney. The goal heard round the NHL last night. Sidney Crosby's unbelievable self volley. I don't know. What do you call that? What? what there's got to be a name for that. Air dribble. It's like an air dribble. Jason Mackey of the Post Gazette joining us right now. Jason, where do you put that in the pantheon of Sidney Crosby great goals? It's honestly top five for me, Randy. I, I was so impressed by that thing. I mean, I, I asked Mike Sullivan the question after. I, like, I, I didn't know what to call it. You what dribble to yourself like juggling? I you could call it. It looked like he's playing lacrosse for crying out loud. It was just. <laughs> Does insane. he get the assist on that too? How do you score that? <laughs> <laughs> Crosby from Crosby and Crosby. I don't. Know. Just the eye hand coordination, and that's the thing that just amazed me so much is how fast that game is going, and to like even think to do that. And to be able to slow it down in your mind, I think it just sort of proves with him that the game is just moving at a different speed for him than it is pretty much every other human being. And that's the salient point, though, because we kept seeing it over and over in slow motion to sort of break it down. When that's happening in real time, that is an unbelievable athletic feat. He's like Neo when he solves the Matrix and he sees all the bullets and, you know, just the things coming down. Like He's able to operate like it is in slow motion. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear quarterbacks talk about that, too. Like the game slows down for them. I'm sure Ben would probably say something similar. But um, I just think uh, there's some creative thinking going on there, too. You know, it's not just a game moving slow. It's how do you see that and think that that's, like, the right idea? You know, I'm going to knock it out of the air and then knock it over here and then knock it in. I mean, there's obviously some, some, some luck. I mean, if the puck is at sort of a different angle, it doesn't go as hard or it goes high or whatever. But I just – I'm so impressed by the – the thinking and whatever. It's funny to sort of spin the idea that Crosby works on this stuff. Like, he works on stuff. Right? He doesn't mm. quite work on that. That, that. that play just doesn't exist in the, the whole, like, practice repertoire. No. The under-discussed part of it, I think, is how he has been so comfortable in front of the net the last couple of years after he's come back from his concussion. He, like, Took to him your, a long time. To your guys' got point, there. you know, he's just sitting there he could have gotten drilled at any point by a defenseman and he didn't think twice about it to the point that, like we're saying, he's just watching the puck hit his stick and then batting it back what in. Got, he looks like a Washington general trying to defend that. You know, he's just kind of <laughs> like, where is he going to do now? You know, the, he mesmerized the defense. Yeah, I look at that too. And, and honestly, I don't think he's not going to the front of the net like because he's 
you know, scared or concussions or anything like that. It's the complete opposite of that. I look at that and think, man, it'd be nice to have him be able to go to the front of the net more. I feel like when he's on a line, sometimes with Connor Sherry, who's not as sort of strong on the puck that Crosby ends up wasting too much of his time in the corners or mucking or getting pucks and, and sort of controlling things. Like if you, you get them the way Kunitz used to do a lot of, and even Pascal Dupuis, you know, they're making those plays for him and enabling him to go to the front of the net. Like, he, like Tim said, I mean, he is just so unbelievably good there and uh, being all the way back from the concussion stuff. It is just such a treat to watch him in front of the net. I, I honestly... I, maybe Mike Lang would have a better voice to this in terms of perspective, but I mean, who else can you compare him to in front of the net? I, I've got nothing. I mean, he is just so, so good there. You know, other than the skill of that goal, you know, Mike Sullivan was quick to point out that there was uh, a, a more weighted importance on that than just how unbelievable of a feat it was. That was a big goal at a big time in the game. Yeah, and they were kind of wilting a little bit. I mean, they, they talked about having a good start, and they did, and whatever, but I think that was three goals that Montreal rattled off. The third one was really bad. Like, Casey DeSmith is sort of in no man's land, doesn't know where the puck is. And um, I don't think they played all that great defensively last night. I mean, they had some moments, but um, certainly, you know, Latang, chief among them, some issues that they want to clean up. And um, yeah. yeah. Is that, that problem going to go away this year, you think? <laughs> I don't think. At this point, Randy, I mean, I, I think you'll live with some of it, but last night I think it's too much to live with. Um, the one-on-one, like losing the rushes, losing battles, that's crazy to me. Like, I understand he's going to get burned sometimes because he takes some chances, but last night what Paul Byron did for crying out loud, Chris Kreider a week ago in New York, that those are guys that they shouldn't be beating Chris Letang one-on-one any day of the week. Um, so I would like to think it would be better than it would last night, but... Um, yeah, it was it was a huge goal in bringing them back even. Um, gave them a, a pretty good morale boost, and then obviously you saw Broussard win it. But just, just huge um, in terms of how the game played out, too. Jason, I might be making this up in my own head, but I think I'm right. Uh, you tell me. Patrick Kornquist, has he been scoring a few more goals from outside of just the blue paint? I know that's still his primary uh, area of interest where he really helps the team the most, but I feel like he's generated more offense either on the rush from distance a little bit more often uh, on the on the breakaway like last night, even trying to set up goals. I feel like he's been a little bit more offensively proficient in other ways than just being the great power forward that he is. Do you get that vibe yeah. this year as well? I think you're absolutely right, Tim. I, I know you asked that question last night, and I'm glad you did. And I thought that was a really smart point. Um, he has. He, he scored a couple goals now, one from the right circle maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember who it was against. Um, but it's funny. Like, you ask these guys about Hornquist, and they'll tell you he has, like, a sneaky good shot. And I don't, I, I don't necessarily understand why that is. Like, they talk a lot about a sort of sneaky release and how he gets it off. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think any of us look at Patrick Hornquist as some sort of prolific shooter. He's one of the best net front guys and just a general pain in the butt. But... You're right, Tim. He has been doing more of that. I think some of that is playing on a line with Malkin. He has to do just a little bit of that to survive, not a ton, but Malkin prefers that kind of like back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not as straight ahead as it. Um, But, yeah, he's been setting it up. He's very good defensively. He's always been that way. Um, And just showing that shot off a little bit. He'll never admit it, but it's come from farther out, at least a few of them anyway. Gino uh, gets uh, a couple of points last night, six time in ten games in March. Yep. And Sid, yep. Sid gets his 700th assist on that Gensel goal. Yep. 
some of the milestones with this team is crazy. And like, oh, by the way, Phil Kessel tied his career high in, in points in a season. That's you know, they, his, think, his season seems to be one of the most underplayed stories of what's going on with the Penguins right now. I Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, early on, it got some, you know, some some legs as much as like hockey in October, November, and December in Pittsburgh will get. But um, he's just been really, really steady. Like I think his previous two years in Pittsburgh, Phil was kind of, you know, he'd be really, really hot, and then there'd be a bit of a cold spell. And the last regular season didn't finish it as strong. But um, you know, tape to tape so far, he's just been tremendous uh, producing and. Specifically on the power play, I think he's one of the biggest reasons they've been as consistent as they have been uh, with the extra man. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's crazy to me that we we can talk about Sid's goal and and Malkin being in the Art Ross Rocket Richard Hart Trophy conversation, and like we're probably going to forget Phil Kessel. Oh, by the way, has you know eighty two points right now or whatever it is. It's just the offensive talent on this team is silly. If they're able to figure it out defensively, and Matt Murray stays yeah. healthy, I mean. There's no reason we, we can't make a run at the third one. Broussard uh, catching up a little bit here offensively? What was that, Tim? Is Broussard catching on a little bit offensively, oh, catching up to the game? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, I like the term, like, beat the Ottawa out of them, but that's basically what they have to do. <laughs> getting a, getting, getting, getting retrain them. One, three, one out of them. Yeah. He's going from the football equivalent of, like, the wishbone to, like, the you know a spread offense. He went from, like, the Hockey 1940s. reconditioning. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he's starting to get it. Um, I think it's just a matter of sort of taking some chances, you know. When he and the Penguins wanted to do that, and and he's so conditioned to like make the safe play and don't give up anything and peel back, and um, yeah, you're just seeing him start to be a little bit more aggressive. I think getting the right line too is key, and that line has been a lot better than it was early on. Um, I really like that second power play unit. I mean, they don't get a ton of time, but. Uh, last night with Gensel finding him in the slot, that's a play that can happen a lot. Oh, that was a beauty. I thought Broussard looked really good. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Jason, thanks as always, man. Greatly appreciate your time this early in the morning. Thanks for having me. Yep. Okay, My man. Pleasure. We'll see you. The Broussard goal. And the Canadians unable to clear. And the left point, Gensel moves in. Gensel puts in front, and the Penguins have scored here to take the lead. Four to three. The Penguins have picked it up here as Derek Broussard finds it between the circles. Right there to slam it home, and the Penguins have the advantage. Oh, hallelujah, Hollywood. 25 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. Republican Rick Saccone is conceding this month's special congressional election to Democrat Connor Lamb. The Republican had been trailing Lamb by around 750 votes. Lamb replaces Republican Tim Murphy, who resigned in October after allegations surfaced that the pro-life lawmaker encouraged a mistress to have an abortion when she thought she was pregnant. And that woman was planning a run for Congress, but maybe not. Shannon Edwards' name did not appear in a list of the Pennsylvania Department of State's list of candidates who filed nomination petitions before the Tuesday 5 p.m. deadline. Edwards had announced her candidacy in February and held some campaign events to get the 1,000 signatures needed to complete the petition, but I don't know if she just decided not to run or... Too snowy. (laughs) (laughs) Too snowy. 
Grilling meat could be bad for your high blood pressure. A study from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health found that cooking white and red meat at high temperatures or over an open flame more often resulted in an increased risk of higher blood pressure. It is even higher for those who prefer their meat well done. Researchers say it could be because of certain chemicals that form in the meat at higher temperatures. They suggest only grilling up to three times a week, avoiding charred meat and limiting red meat consumption in general. Yeah, who's grilling more than three times in a week? Uh, I thought you were just trying to ruin barbecues for the summer. In the summertime, I definitely grill three times a week. What if you grill really? once a week, but eat it like four times? Right, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right? make a bunch of food and then have it for later. Yeah, I mean, I use the grill in the summertime as like the stove. Because yeah. it's just, I, I thought... Not only do I enjoy it better, but it has uh, better health benefits, but apparently not. Nothing you like is good for you. Right. You also, just like you to know, char groil it. I'm starting to think, uh, Bill, I, I was doing some uh, research on this. Apparently, we're all going to die. <laughs> what? <laughs> when? It's just a matter of... You're finally coming around to my way of seeing things. <laughs> well, I don't want to just uh, like, abandon... No, he's not excited for that to happen, though. That's where he parts... <laughs> Paths yeah, Val's you. actually she's yeah. she's looking forward to it. I uh, sprint to the finish. <laughs> I think that there's got to be some attempt at being healthy, uh, but I, I also think that we're you know if you're grilling chicken, really, that's bad for you. As long yeah, as you don't burn so. the crap out of it. Well, wasn't that the story years ago that the char like if you char it, that is cancer causing? Yeah, those are the carcinogens, and some people will be like. Oh, that's the part I like is the, the charcoaly part. Yes. The charcoaly part? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I that's know, how my my mom likes her hot dogs completely like Oh, they're the black. best. Dude, a Smith's hot dog in the natural casing, fire that thing up until it turns black and splits and it gets like crispy on the outside. That is, that's a delicacy. Those are the it's best. Pretty good. Turns out not great for you though. Uh, hot dogs? Well, yeah, hot dogs in general. In what? some places, breathing is not great for you. Pittsburgh is one of them. So air quality is horrible. Um, but the uh, by the way, the mayor's going to be on a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk to him about that. Uh, we don't have to talk to him about that. But Why not fix it? I definitely lowered about? my red meat, like you know, consumption because yeah, it would be too. great to have a burger all the time. But then colon cancer is bad for you. <laughs> What? Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I got to tell you all the stuff I found hey, on man, the internet. Everything in moderation, right? Right, but but what is where's your moderation? About my, in food? Yeah, my brother's coming into town tonight, so we're going to get a steak. Okay, I, well, like, do you eat steak every I, day? No, I saved up for the steak. My okay. grandfather did. Yeah, so yeah, did mine. And your grandfather ate bacon every morning he for ate, breakfast. Like they cooked food in bacon grease. There was a can of it on the stove. He smoked non-filter camels. Yeah, but life. I think non-filter camels are better for you than like a Marlboro of today. Well, this well, is he the, lived to be ninety. But this is the thing: is food has changed more in the last forty or fifty years than it had in the previous ten thousand because of the chemicals and the things that are in the food. And now there's so even if you eat healthy food, it's bad for you. Well, I mean, my grandfather was eating like his brother had a farm down in Maryland. And so he used to get half of the, the cow and have it in this huge footlocker freezer. And he would eat steak that was from a grass fed cow. But now it's, you know, you're eating meat that's probably from a factory farm. Because there's right. too many people. 
and yeah. they've eaten you know corn which isn't in their regular diet and then given antibiotics so that they get over the whatever diseases have stemmed from them eating what they don't traditionally eat yeah. <laughs> so, Which is why, you know, uh, what I do is I kill Mount Lebanon deer and I eat them. But then it turns out I'm just eating Connor Lamb signs now. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, all the way down to Connor Lamb. Yeah. <laughs> How bad is it that like Joe Rogan goes out and kills an elk and then eats it all year? I'm starting to think like. How bad is that? No, oh, badass. Bad. Oh, okay. It's like awesome. Wild gamey meat is, is healthier. Yeah. I would love to do that. I don't have the wherewithal at all. I have you to call Kiesel. You could hire somebody to do that. Yeah, yeah I know. Sure but that's Brett like the ultimate it. pansy move. Like, <laughs> like I mean, look, I'm not saying I am a pansy, but I mean like. <laughs> to have somebody I don't have to pay for it and admit it. Kill your. Like, I don't want to be so comfortable with it that I pay somebody to remind me of that. No, I'm I'd, gonna li- pull I'd the like trigger to go hunting you. once, just to try it. Once. See if I could do it. I'd like to go elk hunting. I I've think never, that would be awesome. I've never gone hunting. No? That's see that? Yeah, but you me. fish. Yeah. And you're not a catch and release. You'll eat those no, suckers. No, we, we catch and release. Really? Yeah. Did you, I mean, when I was a kid, we would like go trout fishing and keep it, and my mom would cook it, but... I went duck hunt- hunting with my uncle, and we shot and released. <laughs> we'd shoot them, and I, then we put them back out there. I played duck hunt on Nintendo. That's about as far as I got. With a little dog. I just, my brothers wanted me to go hunting. I just couldn't kill an animal. No. Like, I, I couldn't personally do it. I could kill I so a, many animals if it was cry. the kind of animal that I wanted to kill, like the Mount Lebanon deer. Um, I could kill them all day. Yeah, they're, they're, I'd love to kill if them. If you could shoot them out your back window. What if it doesn't die, though? Do you know what a deer sounds like when it's <laughs> That's exactly what Why? it sounds like. Why? And then he goes, avenge me. (laughs) And then it dies. (laughs) And you got to gut it and drag it. No, no, no. I have no intention of eating any of these deer. I just don't want them in my yard. Oh, I thought you were talking about when you wanted to go hunting. The elk thing. Yeah, that's like gutting it, dragging all that. Oh, man, that's that's badass stuff. Yeah, Yeah. especially if you're deep as hell in the woods. You got to drag that thing miles. I don't know. And you do, do you have to you have to gut it almost instantly, yes. right? Yeah. I want to go fishing in one of those like Alaskan things that you did and like Oh yeah, catch, that was fun. Catch a bunch of salmon. That we did keep. Yeah, and you brought back a bunch of salmon, yes. right? See, that's badass. That I'd like was to catch a so... salmon like the bears do. <laughs> With your teeth. Well, I'd just like to have a Freddy Krueger glove. Swat them out of the air. That was the best tasting fish. It was like right out of the water. Yeah was so good. The ones off the Clemente Bridge aren't as delicious. <laughs> the, the Allegheny salmon? No. I'm, I found those to be not that delicious. I don't think those are salmon. The on they are side, very mercury-ish. <laughs> Did you get them when they were swimming up to get back to the lock, to their original birthplace? <laughs> yes. Fighting ha- upstream? How's the health of Lake Erie? I can't honestly answer it. I don't know because it changes so much. It's shallow, yeah. and every year it seems like it's different. So I don't know what it's been like this year, and I don't know. Because perch uh, fishing is big on Lake Erie, right? Bit huge. Uh, perch and walleye. I mean, walleye fishing up there has always been. That's the most fun thing to do. But uh, perch fishing, you can just kill yeah, and keep them all summer, and del- they're delicious. Well, this will make you sick. There's a 26-year-old guy who plays and streams video games online and makes Five hundred thousand dollars a month. I don't a under- month. Don't understand this at all. Tyler Ninja Blevins has millions of followers on Twitch, which I don't even know what Twitch is. Twitch is basically an app where you can watch other people play video games, and that's all it's good for. I don't know if that's all it's good for, but that's just 
That's how I've heard of He's it. He's on YouTube and Twitter as well. Uh, a lot of people pay subscriptions to be able to watch him play the game Fortnite. He says he worked a job and went to college while becoming an expert gamer, and then he was able to focus on what paid the best. Amazingly, he was able to ditch that job and not worry about college because he got so good at playing games and attracting followers, and now he's making five hundred grand a month. It's crazy. I saw a 60-minute special where there's some college, and it's outside of Philadelphia, where they actually have a sports department mm-hmm. for video games. Yeah, it's electronic gaming. <laughs> And they have like athletic wear, which is hilarious. What do you wear for just a tracksuit? But isn't that Does it have like a Donkey Kong emblem on it? <laughs> Warm up gear. Yeah. We talking, just sweatpants. Talking about that on the show last week, like people just watch people online doing stuff. My yeah. nieces that used to do that. Yeah. Well, well, the uh, Fortnite is the game where Juju was playing with Drake, and they broke all types of records because. So many people came on to to just watch those guys play together. Well, and I think that's a big thing in maybe Japan where they just watch people eat. My they daughters do. are... They just watch people eat? Yeah, I don't know. Well, we do it with the Food Network. It's not much But different. they're cooking it. They're not just eating. They're teaching you how to make it. It's not just somebody sitting that's at a true. table feeding their face. I don't know if it's a f- sexual fetish or what it is, but... My daughters... I mean, you assume with the Asians it's sexual, right? <laughs> yeah. Usually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are they eating underpants? What are they eating? <laughs> um, my daughters watch this 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 uh, thing on YouTube where it's basically a, a genre, and it's just kids unwrapping <laughs> presents and and toys, just basically unpackaging these toys, showing you all the different things that come with it, and just playing with it for a second. They're addicted to that. To that. That is so crazy. Is that the equivalent of like watching a guy? Teach people how to use a tool. It's like something. Is the it the same equivalent? For I don't kids? know. It's Maybe. watching somebody else enjoy something. It's so how weird. How do I get in on that? <laughs> what would, yeah, how how could you watch that? somebody enjoy? I don't know. And and like it. I don't know. Like, what if they would like they had a treasure trove of Van Halen memorabilia? I know people who have that, so I could just go to their house. What, and what if there's a channel where there's just people like popping bubble wrap and they're just, oh. No. Yeah, right. I don't get it. They don't understand it. But what I would be your thing, Bill? What could you I watch? I don't know. I can watch people tweaking at like Grateful Dead and Fish shows nonstop. That is an unending. Tweaking? Yeah, they're like twirling around and freaking out. Oh, and just I thought lost that's what happened when you were crystal like, meth. Yeah, ran out of yeah. meth. Yeah, well, and, and you wanted more desperately. Grateful Dead shows were meth. They do it at Donnie Irish shows, too. Yeah. <laughs> the hall dancers at the Donnie Irish shows, it's crazy. <laughs> Former professional football player Ricky Williams is launching his own marijuana-based wellness brand. It is called Real Wellness and was unveiled by Williams on Twitter yesterday. It includes products that contain a mix of THC and hemp-derived cannabidiol. Williams says medical marijuana helped him with injuries during his time in the NFL, and he was suspended twice during his career for using pots. Oh, yeah, man. And I, I remember Mark Sipnoski being on the O'Reilly factor back in the day and being absolutely vilified for his stance that marijuana was a healthier alternative than opioids. And uh, he was basically outcast because of it. It was it was a crazy at the time. Um, but, yeah, he, he was kind of shunned from the whole Dallas Cowboy community. He became the president of the Texas chapter of Normal. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to spread awareness. And he was basically 
completely castigated because of that. And now it's almost accepted science at this part, unless, you know, except for Jeff Sessions. But there's so many things we can use that plant for. Let's start doing it. And I don't know if this woman got into a little of the Ricky Williams weed, but in the town of Illinois, Arizona, they held their Day of the Dinosaurs children event last weekend at a local park, which featured very realistic looking and moving dinosaurs. One woman at the event called 911 to make sure the dinosaurs weren't real. Police say they got a call from a concerned woman who asked if they were if there were dinosaurs in the park. The 911 operator answered, "Yes, there are." The woman then said, "Are they real?" The dumbfounded operator informed the caller the dinosaur dinosaurs were in fact not real and were being operated by humans. The woman agreed it was unlikely they were the real thing and added she only called because her brother, who claims to be a dinosaur expert, told her that they were real. <laughs> the owner of Dino the Crew, family? The owner of Dino Crew Entertainment, which operates the dinosaur, says that actually happens more than you would think. He says one time someone even reported them to animal control. <laughs> wow. These people vote. In music news, now that Def Leppard are back with Universal Music, why not make the most of it and put out some box sets? Def Leppard, the collection, Volume 1. The 80s will be released June 1st as a six-CD set or seven vinyl discs. It's the first of four planned volumes, which will cover the band's complete recorded output. Volume 1 contains the first four albums, plus live at the L.A. Forum 1983 and a disc of rarities. The vinyl set adds a recreation of the Def Leppard EP, which contains three songs recorded in 1978. The CD box includes the same content on a three-inch CD single. Uh, Both sets also include a hardcover book with photos and liner notes. A woman who worked with Fred Savage on a Fox TV show is suing the actor and the network. She has filed a lawsuit for harassment, assault, battery, and discrimination for an alleged incident in 2015. The woman was working in wardrobe for The Grinder and claims she was verbally abused by the Wonder Years actor. She alleges that at one point as she was dusting off his clothing, he became upset and violently struck her three times. She went on to say that when she brought it up to Fox executives, she was told to keep the incident quiet Uh, She has not talked, apparently, with Los Angeles police. That just does not seem possible. It just so does not jive with the character that we know of Fred Savage. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying that is... Shocking. Nearly unbelievable. Yeah, but are you thinking of Fred Savage, or are you thinking of his Wonder Years character? Are you thinking of Kevin Arnold? Right. I'm thinking of the voice Daniel Stern gave to the character. (laughs) Steven Seagal is denying charges of rape and sexual assault that two women brought against him during a press conference this week. This, I believe. Regina Simon says Seagal raped her 25 years ago, and Faviola Dadis alleges that he sexually assaulted her in 2002. His attorney says the accounts of both women are completely fictitious and totally made up. Doesn't he live in Russia now? Uh, I think he did. With Vladimir Putin. Putin. And in a new biography, Pam Dauber says Robin Williams, her Mork and Minnie co-star from 1978 to 1982, often groped her and exposed himself on the set. But the 66-year-old actress says it never bothered her. She said, quote, I had the grossest things done to me by him and I never took offense. I mean, I was flashed, humped, bumped, grabbed. I think he probably did it to a lot of people, but it was so much fun. She says Robin would also wrestle her, fart on her, show up to work naked. She said, if you put it on paper, you would be appalled, but somehow he had this guileless little thing that he would do 
those sparkly eyes. He'd look at you really playful like a puppy all of a sudden, and then he'd grab your boobs and run away. And somehow he could get away with it. It was the 70s after all. She makes the comments in a new biography of the late comedian by Dave Istkoff. Uh, that is coming out in May. Sean McDowell's been showing up to work naked for years. <laughs> it's just that he forgets to put his clothes on. <laughs> Windy and cold, clouds and sun, mid-30s today, low 20s. Overnight tonight, it is 26 at DVE. So the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra has released its series of upcoming concerts, the summer season. and uh, Is Nelly returning? No, Nelly will not be there. Ben Folds comes back. I saw that show. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen I a bunch of these. Star Wars, A New Hope. Yes. They're doing. They're doing the music of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very awesome. Cool, right? Uh, and uh, also... I have a hard time believing this one's happening, but it is. Spinal Tap bassist, Derek Smoltz. A.K.A. Harry Shear is going to be doing a night of Spinal Tap with the <laughs> Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. This is awesome. But it doesn't have it doesn't have Christopher Guest or Michael McKean. So I'm not sure exactly how it's going to go down. But Derek Smalls is going. To, the guy with the cucumber in his pants in the movie <laughs> is going to be doing a night with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, which I bet will be great. And that will be uh, June, or yeah, June 27th. So a couple nights before the Comedy Fest. That's going to be fun. Good. No doubt about it. Uh, on the way for you, the mayor, Bill Peduto, 845. Also in the uh, 9 o'clock hour, Recluse performing live for you. They got a big show this weekend. One of our favorites. Uh, they'll be upstairs in the Point Park, on the Point Park stage in the Permanis DVE Coffee House. A little bit of a mouthful there, Bill. It is. Sports coming up next. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. Sidney Crosby with an absolutely spectacular goal to tie the game last night. Swing the momentum. Pens get a much needed win. And the NFL rules continue to be uh, codified in a way that just seems to make them more and more ambiguous. Let's clear this up. Also, a tale of the tape. Joe Biden. Donald Trump, now that the president has basically thrown a WWE-style smackdown of Joe Biden out there on Twitter, it's inevitable that this pay-per-view event <laughs> is going to happen. Tim will break it down for you. DV. DVE Sports. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. How many times do you think that Sidney Crosby goal got retweeted last night? It was everywhere. When hockey is... Either the lead item or even the second item on ESPN.com, you know it's something visual worth seeing. Mm -hmm. And it was trending on ESPN.com tweets and way up there on their links on ESPN.com, the front page, not just the hockey page. So, yeah, it got international attention, and it should. Sid bats one up in the air to himself, and he scores to tie the game at three before the second period ends. Then Derek Broussard puts the Penguins in front. Jake Gensel, an insurance goal, and the Pens beat Montreal last night at PPG Paints Arena on 105.9. The X5-3, the final score. Here's Derek Broussard talking about adjusting to the Penguins' pace and starting to play a little bit better offensively since he's come on board from Ottawa. I think a little bit of both. Um... Especially uh, because I'm playing uh, the center position, I uh, I have to play on the right side of the puck. If I can 
chip in offensively once in a while too. I think we, we have a better chance to win some games. But yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of both. Uh, it's a completely new style for me, and uh, yeah, just trying to just trying to play uh, the Penguins way. I felt pretty happy for him for getting that goal because he missed on an early penalty shot, went blocker side on Carey Price, made the save, and he looked bummed out and dejected after that. I think he ran me pretty well there. He's like one of the best goaltender in the in the game, but. Uh, if, if I'd go again, I'd probably do something different, obviously. But you know what? We were calling Marion Hossa a bust until about the middle of the second round of the playoffs, too. You know, in 2008, then he was great. You know, if, they, if he flips that puck over Chris Osgood, he might win the Conn Smythe if they win the Cup that year. <laughs> it just takes a little while. And yeah. Jason Mackey was onto something when we were talking with him earlier. This is the equivalent of a 4-3 pass rusher making an adjustment to a Dick LeBeau 3-4 and yeah. just saying, pick it up midseason and go. It's totally different. He's been thinking one way for so long and he's a coachable player mm-hmm. so he's got that grained into his head and ingrained in his head and he's just got to like like Mackie said get the senators beaten out of him you got deprogram yeah exactly but i think that's also like the his discipline style of play is going to help in the in the postseason when the game tightens up right exactly and you have to be more responsible defensively and you know what you just heard from sullivan last hour wants to get him more, more ice time along the way too uh football news randy you mentioned this before i we went to break yes the New catch rule is being scripted by Al Riveron and company. The pitch will be made to owners on behalf of the competition committee. And it's good in some areas, and in some areas I still think it needs some work. I think it's smart of them to leave it open-ended. I think it's smart of them to allow a little bit more of, I know it when I see it. But then they're also stepping on their own feet somewhat when they do things like this. They're putting football move back into the lexicon here. Uh, Riveron laid out a simplified three-pronged argument to define a catch. Control, two feet down, and another body part, and a football move. Riveron then said a football move would be described as a third step, meaning two feet down, and then, like Jesse James, you make one more move. Reaching or extending to the line to gain, that's what James did. And then there's this, the ability to perform such an act. I have no idea what that means or why they bothered putting that in there. All that is doing is making it more nebulous and cumbersome Don't and confusing. Understand it. Yeah, they got to explain that. Yeah, and I do think they need to put the goal line into this description somewhere, somehow, to make it make no difference between what a running back does or what a pass catcher does. Because so many of these issues have come into play when it comes to touchdowns. Not even necessarily in the middle of the field, but touchdowns. The play should end once you have the ball in your hands and you're in the end zone, much like you're running back jumping over the goal line. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. I think what the reason why Riveron put that caveat there at the end was that is the New England Patriots way to get around it. Like <laughs> it will always give the Patriots something to argue because this is the Belichick the clause. ambiguity of that last clause allows them to fight anything should a game not go their way. The Safarian Jenkins clause, so to speak. <laughs> it's uh, it goes all the way back to uh, from the tuck on up. Let's always make sure there's language in a uh, in a rule that allows them to weasel out of losing. I was doing a search last night for similar plays to put into my Trib story, and there was one even going back to 2015 that I'd forgotten about with OBJ, where he caught one and got it, his arm stripped, I think it was by Malcolm Butler, that was right there akin to what we saw last year four times over. Did and he go I, over the goal line or something? Yeah, he caught it and brought it into the 
into his body in the end zone, but as soon as he got two feet down with it in his hands, Butler came and swatted through his arm, and the ball came jarring loose. I'd forgotten about this play. Play should be over. Boom. Play should be over. Right, exactly. And I don't know why they don't put that in the language. I want to see the goal line addressed in this language somehow. They need to think of the, the end zone and the goal line as water, like a pool. And the second you're wet, it's over. You can't be like, I'm wet. And they're like, no, no, you're not. And they're like, dude, I'm already in the pool. And they're like, nope, you're not, because I smacked the ball out of your hand before you were It is that you. way for runners. That's I what I'm saying. I, like, I just don't understand why it's not universal. He, uh, running back is in the air suspended on the back of four other players as he's reaching across, and a mm-hmm. defensive player comes and swats the ball away. Doesn't matter. Play over. Why isn't it the same thing like when Calvin Johnson had the ball, brought it down, and put the ball on the ground yeah. to get up? You're going to call that an incompletion? you got to be kidding me. It's just... There can't be a differentiation between those two, in my opinion. Uh, as far as the pit pro day yesterday, Jordan Whitehead, safety, a guy a lot of people are looking at, uh, had sort of an up-and-down career at Pitt despite having a ton of athletic ability. This is what he had to say about improving his draft stock. I can't, it's hard to say, but I definitely think I do. Um, just because I came out here, um, showed bench again, tried to do all, did all the drills, and uh, I felt like I did pretty good in position drills. I felt really prepared uh, when I got back from training. Um, working with Coach Andrews, I felt really prepared. Ryan Shazier was there, acting as a quasi-scout, if you will, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the dream is over for Pitt basketball fans and Dan Hurley. He's going to UConn for $6 million, sorry, six years, somewhere between 2 and $3 million. Jeff Goodman of ESPN.com reporting this. Apparently he was offered seven years at $2 million a pop from Rhode Island, plus the construction of a new basketball facility, and he still left to go to UConn. You have to. Uh, Goodman said that somewhere along the way here in a story that the um, offer was still more lucrative from Pitt. Now, I don't know what that means, like length of the deal overall or per year or, or what or have both. you. But he just said still more lucrative. He went anyway to UConn because he thinks that they can win more quickly there, and he's right. <laughs> they will. Yeah. They will win more quickly at UConn than they will at Pitt. No, no doubt, doubt about it. Especially in that conference. Um, March Madness gets going again tonight. UConn women could probably give the Pitt guys a run for their money right now. <laughs> well, it's going to be kids that you know play on the open courts in South Oakland that are going to be on that team next year. You know, this whole thing right. can, can a just good, going to do a roundup at Trees Hall before the game. Could seniors at Shenley, for instance, <laughs> beat the UConn women? Yeah, they probably could have in the Dewan Blair days. But these are going to be guys you just pluck off the street. You might, you might be right. The UConn women could give them a run. We need to get Gene Hackman. We need the Hoosiers need- coach. Coach Norman Dale. Yeah. Who's the Jimmy Chitwood? Where does he come from? He would have a different Gibsonia. name. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be Jimmy. All right. Here's uh, here's your tale of the tape, Randy. I did some research. Okay. Now, we're talking about the Donald Trump tweet that came out today. He's challenging Joe Biden to a fight because Biden challenged him. For the second time since 2016, Biden has said he would like to take him behind the gym and beat him up. Yes. Now, Trump has had enough, and he has responded. He went so far as to say that, uh, don't threaten people, Joe. Joe doesn't know me. He would go down fast and hard and crying all the way. So here's your tale of the tape. This is the President of the United States. President of the United States, cutting promos. In the red state corner, Donald J. Trump, (laughs) 71 years old, 6'2", 236 pounds. No way, he's 236. (laughs) That's like when they used to say Casey Hampton was under 300 when he came to camp. 298. He's also a two handicap, right? 7.25 inches in hand length. We knew that after the Marco Rubio comments. According to the Daily Caller, he was renowned as a soccer, football, baseball star at the New York Military Academy, where he had a reputation of getting into fights. Yeah. 
He does oh. have those bone spurs in his heels, though, so that might limit yeah, mobility. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about those. Joe get him Biden. back on his heels. Right, he just exactly. Goes down. Get him moving the ring a little bit. Yeah. In the blue state corner, 75 year old Joe Biden, six feet tall, 183 pounds, a standout halfback in Claymont, Delaware. Played with the Blue Hens at the University of Delaware. I'd forgotten about I that. I didn't know that. He was hey. a Blue Hen. Yep. Bob Arum, Hall of Fame promoter of Muhammad Ali and Manny Pacquiao, said this after the 2016 exchange between these two. Quote, let me tell you something. If Hillary had two months to spend, I would put Hillary in there with Trump, and Hillary would beat the bleep out of him. No this- way crooked Hillary takes down the big Donald. Different take from Freddie Roach, Hall of Fame trainer of Pacquiao and Miguel Cotto. I like Trump. Trump's down and dirty. I like Trump by knockout. Yeah. I think early. Biden's a little bit soft. Vice President, eh, it's kind of a cushy job. He's kissing ass all day. And then this one from Iceman John Scully, former world title challenger and current trainer, quote, I'll go with the Donald on a late round stoppage. He may, he might look silly at different times in the fight, but he's a proven guy. He's very difficult to deter. And you know, eh, Joe isn't exactly a young up-and-comer in this game anymore. I think the only the only way that the uh, that Trump gets beat is if the fight goes long. He has a chance to knock him out early. Yeah, he'll want to go golfing. But his conditioning, Joe can filibuster. He's not built for the long one. We know that Joe can filibuster, so maybe he can outlast, get to a decision, point him. Boxing, Joe Biden wins. Wrestling. Trump wins. Oh, WWE. UFC? Mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel go- like Trump, if he was on his back, like on the ground in the UFC doing groundwork, like he'd just roll around and couldn't get off his back. <laughs> you know? He'd be like a turtle upside down. <laughs> it's a good to point. To stop the fight to if help Biden him get back up. Biden could put him in up. some sort of reverse chokehold or something like that. Biden is no spring chicken. I don't- You make it a big deal of this four-year age gap. I mean, like, look at Muhammad Ali when he beat George Foreman. How, how what was it, 183 pounds? 183 pounds, six That's feet. Wiry. Wiry, live. I don't know if those punches land very strong. I don't know. Trump does have small hands. I mean, that, it's tough to punch with small hands. Boxing match, Biden. Wrestling goes to Trump. All right. UFC, I don't know. I'd go with Biden, UFC. Yeah, probably. Because he's got pointy elbows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's UFC, they both break their hips in the first 45 Probably, seconds. that's yes. that's true, too. Mayor Bell Peduto comes back. We'll ask him what mayors he can beat up. Yep, it's the DBE Morning Show, and the 7th Annual Cure Rock Concert takes place at the Hard Rock Cafe, Station Square, Friday, March 30th. It's featuring the alternate, alternate Roots, Nevada Color, and Working Breed, three great bands. I'm happy to be a part of it again. This year, come support Cure Rock in their efforts to raise awareness and funds for the fight against childhood cancer through live music. Doors are at 7 o'clock for the 8 o'clock show. There's going to be a silent auction, a 50-50 raffle. Go to dv.com. We have it listed there under uh, concerts, I believe, for you, or events, or calendar, whatever, something like that. Cure Rock! Hard Rock! You can go to the Hard Rock website and get tickets, too. And uh, I'll be the MC for the evening. And looking forward to that one in a big way. Next hour, Stan Saverin will be joining us. The band Recluse, speaking of local music, a special Thursday edition in anticipation of their big show this weekend. The the uh, the boys from Recluse, I can hear them upstairs. Tune in their mm-hmm. guitars. Getting and ready right now. And that. Yeah. Uh, we are waiting on the mayor. The mayor was supposed to call us right now, but he is late. He might. Hey, big business. What? I don't know. What's... But, he, but he is the mayor. He is the mayor. I mean, he doesn't need to do our Namby Pamby <laughs> show. He's. 
He's taking. Maybe he's yelling at those guys that wouldn't patch the bottle. He might be talking to Jeff Bezos right now and saying, "Look, I know you're worth forty billion dollars more than the next richest person in the world, but we're not going to give away uh, the the farm here to you." But I think that's right, actually we'll give away we'll the, give farm. You the farm. Fine, you can, you you can, can have, have it. it. Maybe he's picking up River from the uh, the groomers. Uh, probably he's probably got all kinds of green beer dye. In his uh, in his fur from this past weekend because he was a big star at the parade. Hmm. A lot of dogs in the parade this past weekend, Val. Lots and no no excrement as far as I saw. No horse or I did see horse poop somewhere. Did you? But I can't. I might have been when I was walking down to meet you guys downtown. Hmm. I heard uh, one of the big popular bars in town, and I don't want to say which one. Uh, during the huge celebration on St. Patrick's Day, somebody. Acted like they were a horse right in the middle of the bar. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Wow. It, it had to be it not, got that crazy. <laughs> don't know why you're surprised. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm surprised that doesn't happen every weekend. Yeah. The mayor's on the line right now, Mayor Peduto. Mr. Mayor, how are you, sir? We have horses. We have horses? Yes. All right. So Fantastic. did you did you see the 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 Trump tweet this morning. President Trump tweeted out no, that he could beat up. No, he no, said he could beat no. up Don, uh, uh, Joe Biden. Well, that's wonderful. You haven't heard this yet. No, You're, I, I, I've met Vice President Biden. I would, I would very much not suggest trying to take him on. You don't mess around with Joe. To paraphrase Jim Croce. Exactly. Yeah. Except he said it about Jim. But so you yes. think Donald Trump could not beat up Joe Biden? I just want to make this clear. No. Okay. And that has nothing to do with that's not partisan. So what was this about? Uh, because remember how Joe Biden said it? he wished he went to high school with him so he could take him behind the gym? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing Trump did other things behind the gym besides fight. It's just a, it's a guess. But he because he said that, uh, Trump woke up very angry this morning and tweeted out a long. Uh, it basically, it's like a WWE SmackDown <laughs> and says he better uh, watch his mouth because he would not like what would happen to him. Uh, Bill, what did he say? Yeah, uh, he's coming for his title belt, yeah. I believe, was the exact <laughs> wordage. He's, yeah, it was two years ago. No, no, he just said it again, though. He really did. He no, called, no, Did he say it again? Biden. No, Biden. Yeah, Biden. Biden said it again earlier this oh. week. He was somewhere. All right. Yes. Because people keep asking him, would you like to debate Donald Trump? And he said, no, what I'd like to do is take him behind the gym. Crazy Joe Biden is trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens me for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know me, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Joe. All right. <laughs> Could you... Uh... And that's not a parody account. That's, that's the president. Yeah, that's the president of the United States, yeah. Have you ever threatened to beat up another mayor? Would you be willing to beat up the mayor of Philadelphia if it meant us getting Amazon? <laughs> Jim Kenny is a he's a tough guy. He's a blue collar Joe Biden type guy. Um, yeah, I mean, with Jim and I, we have this mutual disrespect of our um, hockey teams. So okay. he hates the Flyers as much as, or he hates the Penguins as much as I hate the Flyers. So it's um, it's kind of hard to have to to throw fists with him, but. Um, yeah, if it meant some jobs, I guess, you know, 
Would it's you have like fought? A fight at the end would be you know tapping each other on the shoulder, right? And saying good fight, respect, George Larock style. Would you have yeah. fought Ravenstall if that was the only way that you could transition? <laughs> <laughs> we don't mention the R uh, administration anymore. <laughs> wow, is it been has it been wiped from the record? I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, after the first year, you own it. So anything uh, <laughs> that comes up, you just take responsibility for and. That's just to move on. Uh, you know, the Amazon, not Amazon, I'm sorry, the, the Uber uh, story this past week of the self-driving yeah. car, uh, where a pedestrian was killed in Arizona. I wanted to ask you about that because I know those were being tested here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Are, are you worried at all about the efficacy uh, of these cars, given what we now know, that there are limitations and it may be costing people's lives in order for this to get this fleet of driverless cars to be launched? Uh, you know, progress and risk um, walk hand in hand. So you don't move on as a society without risk. I mean, it's when we were testing um, airplanes, uh, there was a risk. When we were testing automobiles, there was risk. When you're testing uh, inoculation, there's risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's inevitable that at some point there was going to be a fatality. Now, I don't know if you've seen the video. It was inevitable that somebody was going to die? Yes. Oh, yes. boy. There was, well, I mean, in this past week, I think we've had three pedestrians killed in southwestern Pennsylvania by people right. driving cars. So, yes, it's... it's uh, there, there is going to be human error. There is going to be technical error. I mean, it, it, it will happen. I mean, and, and now it, it has happened. I, I, it, let me put it this way: it, it, Yes, it, it's it's concerning to me. It, it is, and safety is always the the most important part. Um, but at the same time, we know that in the long run, these technologies will make all cars safer, not just driverless cars, but you can see the technology already being implemented. And when you start to fade from your lane, the car moves you back. You have the ability to have the brakes hit when you're not ready to hit the brakes. I mean, there's a lot of technologies already being used within automobiles. And we have over a million people every year killed in human errors around the world with automobiles, over a million. I mean, you know, we talk about, like, the Vietnam we lost, the Vietnam War, we lost 50,000 people. Plus, we have over a million people lost on an annual basis around the world because of automobile human errors. So uh, there are going to be times when it happens. I worry more about things like there are scientists right now writing algorithms for defense robotics to figure out when to take a life, a human life. Like, there's an ethical... So you're saying Uber is trying to uh, ultimately, in the greater scheme of things, save lives, and that there are defense contractors out there, McDonald, uh, Douglas, whoever they are, uh, that might be a law firm, uh, they're, they're actually creating robots that decide, okay, let's drone bomb that. Yeah, McDonald Douglas sounds more like a reunion van, but yeah. What's the McDonald one? Uh, what's his name from? Uh, 
Michael McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the band? I can't remember that band. I think you're thinking of the Doobie Brothers or Steely Dan. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 there you go. So, um, no, so, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's a doctor in South Korea right now that will clone your dog for you. Yeah, Barbara Streisand had it done. Twice. Well, she has cloned dogs. So there's not like, and then in China, they're working on human genetics in order to be able to eliminate diseases like diabetes and stuff from people, which means there will be an entire generation of people created that are created. They won't die on in Uber accidents. (laughs) Well, that's where we started. I don't even know where you are now. I'm in this whole, like where science is taking us world other than, you know, where robotics and technology will change automobiles in order to be able to have sensor detection that mm-hmm. will end up being more safe, but in the process will have errors. Wouldn't it be smarter to invest in like railways or like public transportation that is can be proven safe and usher more people around and solve traffic problems and safety problems that way? But this is what this will do because when we have the ability to have the sensors that are able to make driving safer, you'll have then you'll be able to hit in where it is you're going to go, like using Waze. It will be able to then pull you together with the other automobiles. They'll all be talking together, all the vehicles. They'll be working along with the sensors that will be in the public right-of-way that will be able to see five miles ahead of you of where you're going to make it even safer along that entire route, recognizing people, recognizing cyclists, Mm -hmm. recognizing people in wheelchairs, and traffic signals being connected in it to make the entire system not only more safe but more efficient. That is 10 years away. That's 10 years away. All right. But in that process, there are going to be errors. Okay. What did you think now, of Sid's goal last night? Got I got to. I got to. Uh, I, I, we have to move on from Sid's the Uber. Goal thing. was crazy. Crazy. I, I saw it as it happened. I'm sitting there. And uh, I was around some other folks, and I'm like, did you see that? Nobody saw it, and I'm trying to explain it. And then, you know, of course, they missed the replay. And I'm just like, it's uh, play of the night material. What do you think of the Bobcat? Um, I think that uh, it would beat up Joe Biden in a fight. (laughs) I'm fairly sure. I think the Bobcat's a little disconcerting. Do we have a Bobcat problem in this town? If so, can Uber somehow affix lasers that kill all the Bobcats in town? Hey, I just missed the good old days in the South Side when the only thing you had to worry about were cougars. Yeah, see what he's doing there? There it is. There it is. Yeah. He's the little joke from the mayor. Yeah, a little softball action. There you go. <laughs> hey, wait, you know what? I did want to ask you um, there, that news story about Sonia Finn. It, it seemed like she got the uh, like a raw deal in that, uh, in that race last yeah. week from the – like, do you – do you think she kind of got screwed there? I mean, you know, I really admire her because she was one of those people who wanted to make a change, and instead of just bitching about stuff on Facebook like the rest of us, she's like, I'm going to run for office, and she's an independent business owner, and then it seemed like, uh, you know, I'm a big union guy, but it seemed like that was, like, unfair the way she was singled out so soon before the election in yeah, a way like- that s- could sway people's votes. Sure. Well, I don't... I, I Randy... Erica Strasburg won every single precinct. 
I mean, it, it wasn't like it was. Uh, yeah, no, that doesn't matter. Good, I, you, uh, don't, uh, you don't. You don't talk about like how big of a victory it is if, if somebody's also treated unfairly. It's it's just about like you know we want people to become more engaged and more involved. And that's if they think like, well, the deck is loaded against me no matter what, then nobody's going to do it. No, I get you. I didn't like the timing of it either, and I, I thought that it you know SEIU. Um, there's a there's a difference of opinion between paid sick leave, which is their major issue, and Sonia not supporting it. And they were upset that she kept saying that she was the candidate for the working people. And this is a union which fights for working people. So you, you start with that. And then within labor, according to them, they had known about this violation that she had with the Department of Labor in which she could have resolved it by paying the workers back the tips that she was holding, and she chose not to. And so they had a Weren't they not aware of the change in the law? Wasn't there like they needed to be made aware and then given time? See, that, that the whole situation just seemed to be the timing on it was dubious. Right. I, I, I agree. And, you know, it, it wasn't necessary. The, the campaign was, you know, it, anybody who lives in this district knew Erica was going to win. There, there was 50 times the number of yard signs in people's yards. And so, I, you know, I was not happy about it being dropped. I didn't find out about it until 9 p.m. the night before. And obviously there was a direct connection uh, that they had made in the campaign with me and Dan with Erica and that was coming from Sonia's campaign. So the the fact was, is that it, you know, and I've had people ask me about it. And the fact is, is that it, it, it had a connection to me, even though we weren't involved with the situation, but are you going to go well, eat at dinette now and try to make nice at least? I've ate at dinette since dinette opened. I, I helped, uh, Sonia, when she was having problems with the permits, when she tried to open that restaurant. And, um, you know, I've not said anything except good things about her throughout this entire campaign, even though I was supporting her opponent, even in a letter that I sent out to my former constituents. But there's one other thing, you know, there was a deliberate attempt by people who were supporting her to sort of make this a referendum on me. And I've worked this district for 25 years, and I not only represented the people who live in the East End, I am friends with them. And my favorability out in this area of the city is over 80%. When you decide to go negative against a person who has over 80% favorability, it backfires. And when you decide to enter the ring of politics, you have to take both the good and the bad. You don't just get the good. And the fact of the matter is there was a case that was investigated by the Bureau of Labor, which she was found guilty of pulling her employees' tips. And she could have resolved it by paying her employees who had their money taken from them. She chose not to. SEIU, which represents the working people of this city, they represent okay, the well, we're, we're so low on time. They represent the people who work in hotels. They represent the security guards 
SEIU decided if she was going to make it the point that they had a responsibility to respond. Right, but that's a mischaracterization of what happened back. there, I think. But what, like, let's let, uh, we got to move on. I have to ask you this before we go. Um, it's not a mischaracterization, but, but it, it was it, it was, was only investigated fully by the Department of Labor. But it was like a certain wasn't it? Just like the dishwashers, not all of them weren't supposed to be calling. No, they, she took the tips from her waiters in order to give money to her dishwashers instead of just raising the dishwasher's salaries. Okay, let me ask you this. The the St. Patrick's Day parade, it's way too long. How can we make it quicker? This is the last thing we have. It's way too long for the people that are like, dude, it's 11.30, when are we going to start drinking? No, they start drinking it's, early. It's, it's three and a half hours long. What's wrong with that? Let's make it four. Half so, the people left. Yeah, when we were on the end of the parade, nobody was there. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. See, I get the march at the front. Yeah. <laughs> so hmm. it's fine. It's great. You know, there's. you should see how many people come down for that. It's amazing. Yeah, we we tried. They all left. <laughs> right. I don't, it's no, not I, that I, I wanted to see more people. It's just that the, a major complaint was that there's there's too much crap in there that that's just sort of like there's no reason for it to be there it needs to be shorter and have more punch like an award show interesting interesting who are you going to take out uh i don't know who's on your hit list and and just you know people that just on your hit list joe biden i don't uh i don't have anybody in particular i you would know better than me it would seem like uh you know just businesses that uh just drive a truck seems to be like well what's the point it's like advertising yeah, but, so you know bloomfield has a, a halloween parade at night which is just this very interesting thing night parades are very interesting and part of it every year is are these massive tow trucks that like you know pick up tractor trailers mm-hmm. and what they do is they just go down liberty avenue and they blast their horns and for so many years like, why do you have tow trucks now they're like one of my favorite parts of the parade. Okay, we'll put more tow trucks in the parade next year then. All right, and you got it. Mayor Bill Peduto, you what's your next call? Co- at the end of my name, not at the beginning. I don't have that much pull within the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> Talk to your Irish friends. Um, I will. All right, what's the next band you're going to go see? Last one I had to think before I called you was the Pittsburgh Symphony. So I went to see them after they won their two Grammys. Um, I got really good tickets, and I paid for them, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but for uh, David Byrne. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's playing Mother's Day. Yeah, I've got tickets for that. I'm excited for that. I'll see you there. All right, man. Appreciate your you time, Mr. Mayor. Let me know. All right. Okay. We'll see you. That's uh, Mayor Bill Peduto with us this morning. The band Recluse is going to be playing here in the coffee house in just a little bit. Stay tuned. DVE. 27 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. The 23-year-old serial bomber who caused weeks of fear and panic in Austin, Texas, before blowing himself up yesterday, apparently confessed to those bombings in a 25-minute video found on his cell phone. Austin police say Mark Anthony Condit recorded himself describing the different explosives he used in each package bomb, including the one he used to kill himself. All seven bombs have been recovered by police, but authorities are still warning residents others might still be out there. His video does not appear to explain a motive, and police say there was no mention of anything related to terrorism or hate. He belonged to a religious group called the Righteous Invasion of Truth. Sounds like some fringe like Christian thing. He practiced weapon skills with them. Mm. That's a weird thing to have involved. Practice at church? Yeah. Yeah.
Disneyland's California Adventure is adding more superhero power. The area now known as Bugs Land will be transformed into a completely immersive Marvel universe starting in 2020. The park is adding attractions in a live show featuring Spider-Man, the Avengers, and other characters. The move comes after Disney changed the Hollywood Tower of Terror into the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout Ride, which has been uh, pretty popular. Here's another one of those. Oh, why can't this happen to me stories? A man in England was browsing through listings on eBay and purchased an old photograph of a man from the wild, wild west for just 10 bucks. When he got the photo, Justin Whiting realized the picture might have been taken of that famous outlaw Jesse James. So he found a photography expert. <laughs> was that my, you heard my, Your good mic. lord. It, it makes some weird noises. He Medieval found a, Mike. He uh, found a photography expert who confirmed it actually was a portrait of Jesse James taken when he was just 14 years old, making it extremely valuable because Jesse James is so famous and because there are so few pictures, actual pictures of him around the $10 photo he purchased could be worth $2.8 million or more. Wow. He's, he's wow. already contacted a London auction house, uh, Christie's, and will definitely be selling it. He hopes to use the money to buy his own house and his own car, which he should be able to do for $2.8 million. What, how do you think that the guy who sold that to him is feeling? <laughs> ah, I sold that for five bucks. God. Why would you sell a picture like that? I don't know, because you don't realize it's worth, I guess. It's probably like, wow, what is this old guy picture? But this is why people hoard. Yep. Yeah. Because they're worried it might be worth something. <laughs> uh, well, I, I used to have this argument with my parents. Whenever we'd try to clean stuff out and do spring cleaning and have a garage sale and just get rid of stuff, they used to say, oh, my God, look, that's vintage. I said, look, there's a difference between antiques and old crap. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of old crap. Val, yesterday I was cl cleaning out some stuff and I found an old Led Zeppelin mirror that I won at like Connie at Lake or yeah. Darien Lake or something at, at like one fair. of those guess your weight things, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Where you'd fill up your pants with rocks and hope they like totally screw up your weight. Uh -huh. um, and I hot glued <laughs> a beer tab onto the back of it to use as a, a hanger. The hanger. Nice. <laughs> and it's, it's creative. still intact. And I was like, there is no practical, I'm not putting this anywhere. Nobody wants to buy it. Yeah. How do you know? But I can't get rid of it. I know. I, I cannot. We were packing up to do construction in the house, and I had the same thing, like this little square Van Halen mirror and this huge, big, like it was a, not a, it was a picture, but it was like right on the wood mm -hmm. from, I also got it at a fair. It was a Van Halen. I'm like, why am I keeping this? I'm not going to display it. <laughs> I mean, I could bring it Telling in you. here and put it eBay. in my office. Craigslist. Uh, Local yeah. only. I don't know. Must pick up. I don't know. It's weird. You don't want to part with those things, but they are worthless. Well, and some of it is sentimental value. You well, know, it's like t-shirts. I have to throw away so many t-shirts, but I keep them for sentimental reasons. Yeah. I have one of the Stone Show at PNC Park. Do you mm -hmm. remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Pearl Jam opened, didn't they? It's the worst t-shirt I own. It is. It feels like a burlap sack <laughs> being pulled over you, and it has the heaviest lacquered on logo oh. on front of it. Is that the black like and rubbery. gold tongue? It has a baseball. Yeah, it's like I think oh, it's like a oh, baseball. Oh, I'm thinking about the Stones when they came to Heinz. No, this, this is was... PNC Park when Pearl Jam opened. Yeah, this is like 2003? 12, 13 years ago, maybe. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Oh wow. What was it? Six? Was it that long? Okay. Joe's on it. 2006. At any rate, I can't throw it out. He just that out of his head.
that because that kid's he's like an encyclopedia. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm never gonna wear it. But what do I yeah, do? Yeah, that one Can't, though. You don't like the T-shirt even. I don't. But I eBay, dude. I've sold used shoes on eBay. That's it's, gross. It's crazy. Really? It's not gross for me. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I not didn't the... buy used shoes on the internet. Were they Jordans? Either. No. No, they're just some Nikes. I don't understand the sneaker world. You're in it. I'm afraid if yeah. I get in it, for, look out. Then but I'll... but it's it's probably the same. Me and Val did this. The, the, you could go online and look for rare concert T-shirts. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Sean Casey had the at his um, charity event. He had just posters from Pearl Jam shows that were going for crazy amounts of money. Yeah, it's nuts. Am I done? I think so. All right. Windy and cold, clouds and sun, mid-30s today. It's 27 at DVE. Recluse in the coffee house. Max, Nathan, Dave, and Derek make up the band. Recluseband.com. W-R-E-C-K-L-O-O-S-E band.com. And they're playing at Cativo this Saturday night with the buckle downs and exploitation. This is going to be a killer show. What's going on, guys? How are you? How you doing? Hey. Hi, good morning. Very excited today. Now, you guys are one of the most interesting bands. Your song construction does not conform to the regular A, B, A, B, C. Yeah, just get ready for today. We got, we got a new one, and it's... Uh... It's, it's weird. It's wacky. Yeah. It's a weird song. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Left Hand. Okay. Is this uh this will be on an upcoming recording, I'm guessing? I hope so. If you guys like it, it will. In the Point Park University <laughs> uh stage on it and in the Permanis DVE coffee house, here's Recluse on DVE.
Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And the uh, shot, well, the, I don't even know what you call it, the trick shot heard around the world, I guess. Yeah, the high lie pass to himself from Sidney Crosby. <laughs> like I heard Mackie, when he was on with us earlier, it was lacrosse. High lie is more the sport I thought of when I saw that. Would you say that? No, because I don't even know what high lie is other than they have those rounded things. and throw, Yeah, like, you catch it and you whip that rock hard ball off the wall and you can gamble on them and then yeah. they tank the game and you lose all your money. It's right. a lot of yeah, fun. I've seen fixed. it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was, um, oh, who was involved with high lie? Wadey Bulger. Yeah, Wadey Bulger was involved in high lie. You could play it in two, in two states, Don't Connecticut and Florida. Don't ever hand me a bag like that in public again. Right. You ever exactly. seen that jackass movie where Johnny, uh, Johnny Knoxville just stands there and lets those guys whip balls at him? No. Is that like... It's insane. Was that number three? I hadn't seen number yeah. three. That's, think, that comes like 90 to 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Right, and it's like one of those hard hockey balls. Yeah, exactly. Joe has a... Uh, I thought they were yeah. oranges, but they I think they might have been the hockey balls. Yeah. Oh, what did he... Oh, he was getting those whipped at him? Yeah. Not off the wall. Oh, in crushed. jackass, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. But Johnny Knoxville has some weird, like incredible superhuman pain threshold where he got shot with one of those weapons that they use at embassies with rubber, rubber bullets. bullets. Yeah. And uh, Bam, Bam Majera was crying. Like real <laughs> tears after it. Well, Sid, if you didn't see it last night, scores a goal against the Canadians to tie the game up at three apiece just before the end of the second period where he had the puck go up in the air. He Batted it in the air to himself to get a cleaner shot, and then whacked it past. But Gary like Price. twice, like he yeah. kicked it up, then he kicked it up again to where he could bat it. It was. It's kind of like you're in the backyard throwing the ball to yourself to work on your swing when you're eight years old with the wiffle yeah. ball. Right. And uh, Jonathan Bombouli from the Trib, I just retweeted. If you want to go on my Twitter account at Tim Benz PGH, Jonathan Bombouli of the Trib put together videos of Sid's top ten goals. He's got that one in there. I think at number five. I agree with him on number one. It's still the lightning one from his rookie season, where Recky feeds in the pass and he dives right before the horn to deflect it in past the lightning goaltender. Oh, yeah. I'm still with him on that being number one. I would put number two when he had the face mask on after the broken jaw in the Islander series where he split the defense just like Mario, just for the imagery of it being like Mario. Yeah. That would be my second one. But Jonathan's got a good list if you want to see all the videos he's compiled um, on the Trib site. Now, as far as the game itself, beyond that, the Penguins do win 5-3. to three. Casey DeSmith stopped a penalty shot along the way. 
that was thrilling, especially at home. You know, the crowd goes wild and we make a glove save. So, uh, you know, that was really cool. And while he allowed three goals in this uh, third period after Derek Broussard, who we heard from last hour, got the goal to break the tie, DeSmith and the defense played a lot better after that to get the win before Jake Gensel got some insurance. Yeah, I think we locked it down pretty good. Um, we kind of did the same thing against Dallas when we were up by one. Uh, the whole third, or a lot of the third period there. So uh, I think we just tried to, to hold on there and played simple hockey. Penn's all alone now in second place, two behind the Caps, two in front of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They get the Devils on the X tomorrow at 7 o'clock. As far as football goes, the pro day was yesterday over in the south side for Pitt. Quadri Henderson might get selected as a return specialist. Uh, it was uh, the most important thing next to the individual stuff. I always want to run a green 40. Uh, my teams see that really run fast. And, uh, that 4 or 5 at the combine uh, really got to me. So you know, I worked on my craft and came out here running for it. Yep, got out, I think it was like a low 4-4 four four or something he got yesterday. So Quadri Henderson helping his stock there. We mentioned the catch rule that's trying to be modified. Jesse James actually included in the tweet by Al Riveron to announce the changes. Oh, man. I'm sure that makes Jesse feel all the better. Everything is forgiven now. Everything's good. <laughs> Because Al mentioned him in the tweet. Des Bryant, too, for that matter. Not like he's holding a grudge. And, of course, the news that came out last hour, Dan Hurley has committed to UConn. He will be leaving Rhode Island. He won't be coming to Pitt. So Pitt now, depending on how you want to believe, what, 0 for 4, 0 for 5 in coaching candidates, whether or not how much they had interest in Crean or Thad Mata or Sean Miller. Uh, Hurley was definitely the big fish, though, and the most gettable of that bunch. And he's gone. He decides to go to UConn, which is in a program that some say is even worse shape potentially than Pitt. Has a program ever taken a year off? Maybe just, I don't know, regroup, think about things? The NCAA has told programs to take a year off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they've ever done it voluntarily. Unless it's court-ordered. But again, you know, the analogy I keep drawing here is they are an expansion team in the ACC, and you don't get to pluck North Carolina's second-best point guard like the Vegas Golden Knights got to pluck Marc-Andre Fleury. It doesn't work that way. They need somebody who can get a good transfer to Eric Musselman, the guy from Nevada, would be who I turn my attention to next, and he's uh, playing tonight as the um, NCAA tournament resumes. Michigan, Texas A&M as well. Loyola, Chicago, the opponent for Nevada. Kentucky against Kansas State, and the other late game, Gonzaga against Florida State. And that's sports. Stan Savern, and uh, one more from the band Reckless when we come back. It's the DVE morning show. The band Reckless is upstairs. Let's get one more from them before we go to Stan Savern. What do you guys got for us here, fellas? Oh, yo, we got a song called Dumbest Guy in the Room. I want to say a couple things real quick. There are tickets for the show. We're going to have a lot of light brights at the show. Light brights. And, um, yeah, I can't remember what the other thing is, so, yeah, we're ready to play. <laughs> Thanks for writing a song about me, guys. <laughs> Dumbest guy in the room. Kativo Saturday night, and uh, the Buckle Downs track exploitation will be there as well. Here's Recluse one more time, DVE.
Yeah, Reckless. Yeah. All right. Katibo, Saturday night. Go check them out with the buckle downs and track exploitation. Sounded great, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was awesome. All right. Stan Savern is with us uh, in the studio right now. Why does the NFL insist on making it more difficult to understand a rule that they should be clearing up? What is it? What is this compunction that they feel? Uh, why are they compelled to have us scratching our heads every time somebody catches the ball in the NFL? Presumably, that was the reason for examining this anyway. <laughs> They're making it too hard. Uh, it shouldn't, as I've said many times here and anywhere and everywhere, this is still entertainment. Yeah, people are attached to their teams and they want to watch them and they're dedicated. But when it's broken down to as low as common denominator, it is entertainment. Uh, if I'm watching a TV show, whether it's, I don't care what it's a documentary or it's a movie or it's, it's you know, a serial type of show, and I'm watching it, and the plot becomes so convoluted that I'm thinking, what? I, I, I'm not going to stick with it. It's entertainment. I, I watch it to be entertained and, and to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to take any more final exams. I took a lot of final <laughs> exams already. I don't want to take any more. And I don't want to sit at home or at Heinz Field and watch a game and you know have to go through a final exam in football. I mean, it's it's pretty simple yeah i think the easiest thing to do is just kind of leave it as you can't write down i'll know it when i see it but the less you write the more it implies i know it when i see it and when you write language such as or the ability to perform such an act what the hell does that even mean well it's story stormy daniels obviously <laughs> <you're talking about. laughs> she did pass her lie detector test yeah, by absolutely. the way yes. i'm not so sure that roger goodell could do the same right um <laughs> it, it, i mean the, the point of it all is 
I almost think they want to say, well, you know, we're the NFL. We're a lot smarter than you are, so we have to put in language to make sure that you don't challenge the simplicity, uh, you know, of it. It's like the you know the guy being the the Oz uh, Wizard of Oz behind the green yeah. curtain. You know, uh, you know, be be afraid, be very afraid. The first thing they could do that would automatically simplify it with no language necessary is make the rule for a receiver the same as a ball carrier yes, said when it lot, yeah. comes yeah. to scoring a touchdown. Make that exactly the same. Right. That's the only thing that's not in there that should be in there. There's no that's, new language about the goal line. That's and where they should start, Tim. They said extending to reach the line to gain, but make it specific about the goal line, which they haven't done because, as we said earlier, 90% of these arguments seem to occur at the goal line, not so much in the middle of the field. Of course, because you generally when there's a fumble, if there's a whistle, you can't appeal that because right. players stop and so on and so forth. But they look at it from the booth automatically on yeah. the score, and then you uh, get Change this. of possession. Yeah. But in this particular case, with all the other language we're talking about and so on, start with that and then work your way down if you have to, but that would simplify matters completely. Sidney Crosby's goal last night. Oh. <laughs> Human highlight reel. I remember the day Sid took batting practice at PNC Park and whacked one nearly out <laughs> over the right field stands. Yeah, um, and that's batting practice, but but still, uh, it's you know it's remarkable the, the hand-eye coordinator. We've seen him do that before, but in this one, he tips the puck to himself and then bats it in backhand. <laughs> I mean, Which is insane. That's where that flat blade comes in. If right, he, exactly. If he has a big curve, I'm not sure he can do that. But be that as it may, just to be able to do that. And at a time where they really needed a goal. Yeah. Who uh, who gets the most out of that goal last night? Sidney Crosby, the lore of Sidney Crosby, or Chris Letang having to avoid what a bad game he had? <laughs> you know, it's a fun, that's a funny game last night, and I mentioned that in my Penguins report, and I'll deal with it today. Um, there are th- things to like about last night. Mainly, they got two points. But just be all's well that ends well. It doesn't mean everything is well. I mean, there are several things in there uh, while you get the two points. And the thing that I like best about it is that Sid's line had two goals and four assists. Right. I mean, th- that line needs to get going uh, and stay with those two guys, with Russ and Gensel. That, to me, was was very important. That was the number one thing I took away. But there are still several things, and it's not playoff time yet. Uh, but I do think that the next two games will determine where they're going to finish. How about avoiding the heart-stopping opening sequence? Two games in a row now, they've yep. almost yielded a goal literally off the opening puck Off drop. the opening face-off. Um, uh, Letang, you know, lost his guy. The, the, the shorthanded goal they got was the result of a bad change. That shouldn't be happening in game number, what was that, 74 yeah, now? Right. Uh, th- that that shouldn't be happening. Uh, those are the kinds of things that they need to clean up. That having been said, um, they blew another two nothing lead. You know that that's become a habit. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that, and that you know that that's a Montreal team that hadn't scored a goal for eight periods. They're one of the worst scoring teams in all of hockey. The worst. The, are they the worst now coming? The worst. Night? Okay. I, I suppose the good thing is is that the Penguins got two power play goals and. Better than that, they actually had three opportunities. Since February 1st, the Penguins have had the fewest power play opportunities of any team in the NHL. And that's a 
product of not skating, not skating hard, and drawing penalties. That's a lethal weapon they have. It's the number one power play unit in the NHL. You've got to skate hard, however, to draw penalties. And settling for perimeter play too too much, not taking it to the net and forcing guys to drag you down or get the hook or get the trip near the net if you're settling for slap shots or you know right. taking shots from outside the hash marks. Why they, have they, why they're have not they, hitting either. I don't think they're nearly physical enough. You know, well, Gensel is leading I mean, the team in hits, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, they're they're not going to you know blast anybody into submission, but you know you've got to hit some. Last night they were out here forty three to twenty one or forty one to twenty three, whatever it was. I think lack of physical play, not just last night. I think they need to pick that up too, just to create opportunities, cycling the puck down low. Uh, Stan, who's on your show today? Um, Double M, Mark Madden will join me today, and it's Stan and Guy Day uh, from one until two. Thanks very much too. Ed uh, Bailey, Dave Bracey, Drinking Partners Podcast. They're going to be a part of the show tonight at the Apis Mead and Winery in Carnegie. Jeff Conkle also on that show. Sean Collier, you should go check that out. 8 o'clock show down there. Also, thanks to uh, the mayor, Mayor Peduto. We got him out of bed this morning, though. I, I apologize for, uh, for uh, rustling. Is he all the way out of bed? I don't know. Who knows? Well, you know, we'll never know. Bed? I don't know. Uh, Recluse, but it was nice of him to make time for us this morning. We appreciate that, Mr. Sure. Mayor. Uh, also, thanks to uh, the band Recluse, who you just heard in the coffee house. They're going to be performing at Cativo Saturday night, buckle downs and track exploitation on the bill as well. Anything else, Benzie? No. Are you no. coming back tomorrow? I'm going to be back tomorrow. Stellar yes. job today. Thank yeah, you thank again, you. sir. Appreciate it. You bet. Tomorrow on the show, uh, we'll have Sean Collier reviewing Pacific Rim Uprising, <laughs> which sounds like something you should get like some sort of yeah, ointment for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stormy uh, Daniels. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> How much does that cost? Uh, need that's a Pacific-, Pacific Rim job, guys. <laughs> yeah, you're, well, you're mischaracterizing. Also, I was gone. Thank you from for the clarifying. TV show Blackish, formerly of the Conan O'Brien show. Dean, Dean Cole will be here. Nevada Color is in the coffee house. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. Hey, Got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.